Okay, so yeah, welcome guys to episode 2 of Prepared, your weekly TBC breakdown. Uh, I'm with Zyrene again, I'm Snow, and that is Zyrene. Today we are going to cover Classic Plus, uh, there's a survey going out, we're going to cover beta leaks for TBC, there's that whole uh, GM abuse Felina drama stuff that's been going around as well. I, I know Zyrene was there firsthand watching that stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was fun, it was really fun. <laughs> Had a blast. Uh, there's the. I also want to talk about the line between griefing and fair play because I think that's interesting as far as like where that line stands. Um, and then some roster discussions as far as guild plans for raid team sizes and things. Interestingly enough, last last podcast, your your raid roster thing got the most discussion. Your interesting mm. fury thing. Uh, a lot of skeptics. People are not convinced that the mm -hmm. fury warrior is going to be viable, but we will see. I mean, that, that's the thing is, that's why it's controversial in the first place is, you know, it's my experience speed running is just being able to drag things is so important. And right now on Endless and uh, like oh, data that we have for TBC private servers, things are buffed, right? Like yeah. encounters that are overtuned, that are already not melee friendly, like for example, like Muru. Yeah, of course, you're going to bring a lot more Warlocks and Hunters. The fight is way longer on Endless than it's going to be on Live, and it's not melee friendly. So you obviously don't want to bring melee to that. Whereas in Live, there's a chance that you can burn it and the melee mechanic doesn't matter as much, kind of like Saffron, right? Where, oh, sure, it goes up into the air, but it comes back down and you do enough damage in the meantime. So, yeah, it, it's things like that where we can't know at the moment, but this is a prediction I have based off of just what I've experienced in the game in classic and transferring that over based on no world buffs and what i think the classes are going to be like so and and also like my previous tbc experience like 14 years ago so yeah yeah well i mean the things always change from from what people expect a, a lot of times mm -hmm. when as, especially like people did not expect how fast things were going to die even in in classic the people coming in from from private servers the the meta has changed definitely as we've seen world buffs kind of changed a lot of things and that was the whole another thing that people were talking about as well the whole world buff factor coming in there mm -hmm. because uh yeah it, it completely changes it, that, right entire encounters change just by bypassing entire mechanics if you have enough dps mm -hmm. yeah like the world buff meta and bringing world buffs in not my recollection of playing on like a, a top three top four guild in the world in original vanilla like we didn't really get world buffs like it wasn't really a thing um i know some people did but we just really didn't do that it was a lot of throwing yourself at a boss wiping over and over and over and over again um and just getting mechanics down that people didn't know about so yeah. that, that was actually just a small note on that that was really fun back in the day because there was no dbm for the encounter it's not like the encounter comes out and there's already timers for it. When you're pushing content, you're literally like trying to time abilities, figure out what they do. Chromagus, I remember, was like a really weird one because he was different every week. So you'd wipe on him one week and then he was really different the next week. And you're like, this is really strange. Uh, and especially when time lapse, like Night Flesh was a thing where we had no idea how to handle that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> people, people always, uh, the med medicine things always change. I mean, especially when mm -hmm. we're talking about old, old school vanilla. Man, mm -hmm. people really didn't know what we were doing there. I always tell people on stream who ask me what I was doing in original vanilla. I, t I tell them I was I was playing dagger, rogue, seal, fate with no ACLGs. And no idea what I was doing because because I thought you know man these ACLGs dagger skill I don't want them those knight slayer gloves with crit and and all God. that looks way better. I don't I don't want any of these uh, ACLGs. 
And I think my guild yeah. literally disenchanted five pairs of ACLGs because we just didn't know that it was actually good. Yeah, hit and like weapon skill weren't really that important back then, or at least people didn't think they were. I I figured out weapon skill was important because uh, I played Night Elf, and in Nax I had Grand Marshal weapons and servo arms, and I still couldn't beat humans for some reason. I didn't know what was going on on longer fights. I was like, I have Grand Marshal. Like I I literally went through playing swords, and I tried playing fists because I was like, I don't know what the fuck going on here. Like, why are they still beating me? I have better <laughs> weapons than them. <laughs> Just, turns out it's because I'm night elf, and apparently that that does affect your your white damage output, which is the majority of your damage. But I actually played a uh, seal fate daggers um, for the first three phases, and I remember my opener on people in PvP because you had 110 energy was uh, cheap shot, sinister strike, gouge, and then you waited the gouge duration, and then you kidneyed, and then you backstabbed, and then you. Uh, like got another backstab before that kidney was over. But I remember Sinister Striking as daggers to build combo points so you could do a cheap shot Sinister Strike gouge yeah. and wait the gouge duration. It was so funny, dude. Oh, man. Oh, I always God. missed those times because that, that was the times before there were a lot of guides and things as well. Mm -hmm. People just didn't know. So you could, you could get away with anything. And if I remember right, even damage meters weren't very accurate back then as well. It was it was super yeah. scuffed. I think I, I recall joining like chat channels to sync up damage meters and things like that. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, I had this discussion the other day. Like this is a bit off topic, but <coughs> the game was so hard. Like everybody's like, "Oh, you know, fifteen-year-old game." Blah, blah. It's like the game was actually hard back then because one, servers were really bad, so doing something like Thaddeus was basically impossible. Your servers would lag. Uh, two, DBM for new encounters didn't really exist, so you had to kind of create your own mods yeah. and you had to figure out the mechanics and strategies. There wasn't something like in retail where you go, you click on like the boss, shows you the boss, shows you the loot table, tells you all the mechanics on it. You had to go figure those out yourself. And the worst thing was, for some reason, Blizzard made threat mechanics in fights and they didn't give you a threat meter. So everyone in your raid had to get a threat meter and it had to somehow work or be accurate, which wasn't always the case. <laughs> and, then you had to, and, then, and then you had to do something like patchwork, which is very threat intensive for like, you know, numbers two, three, and four, and number one and his absolute threat. So it's like, I don't know why they gave you threat mechanics in the game, or like had threat be a primary mechanic on bosses and gave you no way to measure it yourself without a third party. Like, it's actually so hard to do a fight like patchwork and optimize your DPS without anything like a threat meter. It's so frustrating. Oh but man, those those are the fun I, I times. Digress. Though. Those are, <laughs> I had so much fun. That's why people ask me sometimes, like, "Hey, Snow, why do you always say when you retire and you're you're rich and and have unlimited time, you're gonna go back and play EverQuest?" I tell them because, man, like, EverQuest is one of those games. It's it's life is destroying, but if you have twelve hours a day to spend playing it, it's some of the most scuffed fun you will ever have. Yeah, and I was actually thinking about this the other day in um, and it was like a shower thought, right? Where I was like, you know what? I, you know why I enjoy playing like classic and I'm really going to enjoy playing TBC is because you ever have that thought where you're like, man, if I if I wish I could go back in time and be like in like sixth grade again and I would know all those answers and I'd be super smart, <laughs> just do everything over again. Right. You're like, what if I had that experience? I could just do it all over again. And this time I would nail it. That's literally what classic is, is you go back, do it again. And you have all this experience and like knowledge where you're like, oh, I'm going min-max. Like, your DPS is like three times as high as it used to be because you at least know what's going on now. And it's actually is insane to me where I was like, that feeling of wanting to be in a position you were years ago but have way more experience is literally what's happening with Classic and TVC. 
it's, oh, man, it's, it's a strange it's... fulfillment. <laughs> well, I mean, back then, uh, how much time did we even have to to play? I remember distinctly. I, I had a lot. Uh, I had a lot. Well, well, well how, how much time did you have to play without getting into trouble <laughs> is, the, is the problem. So uh, um, so I have uh, ulcerative colitis, and I was diagnosed at 14, and that's why I started playing WoW is because I actually couldn't go to um, to high school anymore because uh, ulcerative colitis is like my entire large intestine is like scar tissue. Um, it's like, yeah, you, you constantly have to like go to the bathroom. You'll have blood in your stool. You, you have abdominal pain. Um and like the cure eventually is, you know, to have your entire large test in large intestines removed. And then you like poop into a bag out of your side. Um, now there's different surgeries now, you know, that can, uh, you know, reattach your small intestine to your, your rectum. But, you know, I digress. It's a, it's a little <laughs> bit, uh, but that's the thing is like diagnosed with that at the age of 14 and yeah. like fu- trying to function in high school with fatigue. The teachers don't understand. They're like, do you have a bathroom pass? You're like, I, I've already used my five restroom bathroom pass for the, for the year and they're like, well, you can't go. And I'm just like, I'm going to shit my pants right here in class. Like, <laughs> like because people just don't, didn't understand. So I, I went to homeschool. And that's why I ended up playing so much WoW and why I ended up being like, fuck, like 14, 14 and a half, 15, being in like a top guild in the world because I just had so much time to play. I mean, it's how I got GM and stuff. So Did, did WoW teach you to type or did you learn how to type before that? Um, I went to like a computer class in the summer one time at like, it was like cyber camp, I think is what it was called, um, at like a, a game store. And I remember like having to do like typing things and trying out like uh, counter-strike. So I, I had a little bit of typing experience before that. Yeah, uh, okay. For sure. Yeah. Cause I, I remember my, my experience with that was that, uh, I didn't even know I could touch type until I t- started touch typing. Because oh. it was just like passively learned from trying to talk in, in like EverQuest and, and online games. Because that was the only way to talk back then, right? We didn't have a Discord mm-hmm. and, and such back then. So you, you had to force yourself to type. And then I, I quickly I quickly got failed by my IT teacher because I wasn't putting my fingers back on the home row. Because it doesn't matter uh, if you type fast. You yeah. got to put your fingers back on the home row when you move them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually didn't know. I looked out. If I looked down at my keyboard, there's like a little... Um, uh raised part on the f and the j on those two keys and that's because you're supposed to feel yeah, that bump you're supposed to use that your, yeah yeah put your index finger back on there do, so, do you do the gaming yeah. thing where you don't use your pinky properly because you need your pinky to press control and shift and such to crouch and and so slow walk um so i i use my pinky on shift but i use the inside of my palm for control so i don't press control with my pinky i use the inside of my palm interesting inside yeah. of your palm yeah yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me see if i can Wait, how... show you really quickly so it's like it's like this hold on let me see there uh so that doesn't look like a stream of keyboard where's all the hairs and food on your keyboard so this is this is how i hit control is just oh that's crazy five control five four three huh is this part right here I've never seen that before. <laughs> it's really, it's really easy for me. Huh. It's really easy. Yeah. Well, there yep. you go. Okay. Uh, we 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 got sidetracked. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I man, I I love that about MMOs. It's like the old school MMOs. It, it, it's fun. Like the ghetto ness of everything is super fun. Uh, I, I think it takes you back back to the old days. Hmm. Oh, but, man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um back to to WoW and Classic. Uh so 
The Classic Plus survey has been going on. Let, let's see if I can swap the scenes to this. Yeah, where is this thing? There we go. Like, okay. I, I heard about it, but I was like... Hmm. So this, is, this survey has been sent out. Uh, for those who are audio listening, uh, apologies, but uh, yeah, that's why you got to come watch this live or watch the VOD. But yeah, this is the survey that got sent out. So I have it open now for people to see on the stream. So Blizzard just sent out a quick little survey. It is essentially is just saying, what do you think about Classic Plus? Um, what, how do you feel about if we included a different content experience? Would you even want that? How drastic do you want these changes to be? So some of the questions they have here, um, how would you feel if we allow you to interact with players from other servers within your server group? Uh, do you want to progress to TBC? Uh, do you want content that's different from your original experience of Vanilla WoW in Vanilla WoW? So that's basically saying Classic Plus. Um, do you want quality of life changes or do you want more drastic changes on top of quality of life stuff? So, okay, so... Uh I'll tell you right now, like before we like look at more of these things. Um, I am very much so like, oh, I'm going TBC, like you know, buy vanilla, you know, buy. I don't care. But if they do Classic Plus, I may play it. And and here's the thing that would sell me on playing it is if they did a you know fresh server thing or whatever or. E even just did a server that went through the phases again and they removed batching. If I got to play classic over again with no batching, I would actually play it over again because it's a completely different game. Like right now, I don't know if you guys know this, but on the PTR batching is gone. So whenever my guild is PTRing for next in like the speed running competition that's going on, batching is gone. So like bosses die actually a lot faster on PTR because execute isn't batched. Your first execute isn't batched. Execute isn't batched in general. The Ferlina Gigapole is so much harder because the mobs instantly attack you back and it's not batched. So everybody, the first person comes out a sapper and then everybody gets hit. So you have to do it at like exactly the same time. So batching is like gone and the game is a lot more interesting. Rogues can't exactly vanish the uh, like different windows as easily yeah. like Saffron Ball and stuff like that or Chromagus Breath. Um, it, it's funny because I was like, I was like, you can't do it anymore. And then another rogue in my guild was like, no, you can still do it. And I'm like, what? And he's like, he's like, yeah, the MS window is like 20 now instead of uh, 400. And I was like, yeah, that's like impossible. He's like, no, it's just 20 times harder. You can still do it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like vanishing on 20 MS, like that is impressive. That is incredibly impressive. But It's super uh, RNG. Yeah, I, I went on PTR and tested it myself. And uh, everything that isn't like a bolt, it seems there's still some batching on the bolt things. Yeah. But anything that isn't a bolt graphics on you is super hard. It's uh, like, I get yeah. it maybe one out of 10 because the, the timing just, window is so small. Yeah, it's because vanish will just remove... Uh, things that have travel times on you, right? Like things yeah. that are like a bolt, like you said, like death coil is easy to vanish and stuff. Even like point blank, if you can do it. So yeah, I, I would play, I would play classic over again from the original phase and go through it. If batching was removed. What if it's at the same time as TBC though? Cause uh, last podcast we did I would, talk I would about play. cannibalizing the, the same audience. Yeah. Uh, do you I, I think it's a both, smart, would, would you, would you play both then you play both? I, I would play both then. Um, strangely enough, because I, I just feel like my classic experience was heavily impacted by batching in general. Like I play warrior, rogue, and paladin, and I can tell you like all the things that get batched on those characters are incredibly frustrating. Taunt gets batched where you taunt a mob, it still runs at somebody and hits them one extra time and then comes back to you. 
uh paladins i can't tell you how many times i have my lay on hands batched and the guy dies and it goes on cooldown and same with bop um and that's just incredibly frustrating to play with and same thing with rogue right i've had i've had, i i have a clip of me buffed in fellwood and a rogue jumps me and then we both blind each other and i'm just like like come on man like please really come on like this is uh it sucks I mean, bashing is so, one of those things I, that, I like, play, uh, yeah. it, it changes, uh, it, it's weird because it actually makes rogues weaker overall. I think yes. if, if you remove the bashing and, and, and all of that, it definitely makes, and it, it powers up the people that beat rogues as well. It makes it easier for mm -hmm. them to, to beat us. But as far as the quality of life difference, it feels better. The game feels better yeah. without the bashing, even though the rogue well, is actually weaker. You say rogue is weaker, but I'm sitting here going like my kick will actually work on abilities now. <laughs> like <laughs> when you kick somebody, oh my god, dude, it's just it's so frustrating where you you get the kick off clearly in like the last point two seconds of the cast, and it'll still go off anyway. Like you have to do kick at like point five, and then it, even then it's so much easier for people to juke. So uh, it, I would play it again if batching was removed. Um, Interesting. So but you what would I would play do, it. I, I would still. I would still play TBC, but I would remove one of my characters being leveled early, right? And I would yeah. just invest in Classic. And because Classic would be in phases again, and that's what I'm saying is like starting from the beginning because I want to experience the whole game over again. Um, I would I would have one character and I would just go through the phases and, you know, uh, <laughs> world buffs would suck again, but I would do a lot of raid logging, which allows me right now to like play retail sometimes, but also I would just go back to TBC. So. I feel if they redid Classic Plus, they would... Uh... A world buffs would have to be something that that they they would want to address if they did that. Is that, it, the, is that the new content that differs from the original experience or may include quality yeah, of life changes? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, hmm. yeah. And then the next one they, they ask, uh, how would you feel if classic era servers allow for significant changes or new features to be included in the game? So that that'd be yeah. I don't I don't know, man. Like the, the problem is like, can you get the popular? How many people will play it again? Because um. Go, going back to like I I love to use EverQuest examples, but on on EverQuest, what what was really really popular is people would play through once and then they need to take like a a year or two break from it because they they can't do it back to back. But then they'll come back, sure enough, like two years down the line and be like, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to play through again. I'm gonna I don't know, I'm gonna play a different class this time. We're gonna go through it. It'll be a different experience. Yeah, and, and that's what you do. Server people are still playing, right? So, um. For me, I, I would I would roll immediately, but I am really interested in what they would do that's new because for me, I still like the game. I like the base game. I would want to see more things done because I think that they have nothing to lose at this point if they do Classic Plus because the Classic experience can still be like maintained, right? It can still be done on other servers. You don't have to do Classic Plus. You can always like be like, oh, you know, we retcon that, but if you do classic plus it's just new content for people who already enjoy this game and people are at the point where they're just kind of like nobody's going to go naxxramas was the last instance it's completely pure don't ever touch this thing like people are hungry for more content in this game all the time so the, I, I think it would be a good thing the other question is though do you, would you trust blizzard to do it well yeah, that, that's a whole different thing is 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 our version of classic plus does that even match up to what blizzard would do because uh th there's always that danger that they make it may make things worse but I mean, at this point, I feel like, what do they really have to lose if they're gonna if they're gonna do it? Mm -hmm. Like the the only danger is obviously cannibalizing your own audience. But outside of that, I mm -hmm. feel like people that are done with classic are probably done with classic anyway at, at this point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so, what do they lose? And 
yeah, if you make those people upset, they were they were probably going to leave anyway. So I think adding more, I guess I'll just say adding more content seems to never hurt anybody, especially when something is like at the end of its lifespan. So yeah, I think I think the only thing they had to lose is really resources they invest into creating, but that's it. I mean, what what were a topic of content? Uh, what do you think about this? Is a side side topic, but what what do you guys think about the the whole ashes of creation and all the there's always seems to be there's always upcoming MMOs that are trying to to be like the next or wow or mm-hmm. or a, a better version of the good MMOs that we remember. I, I think mm-hmm. is the way a lot of them pitch it and. A lot of them have failed to deliver. It's almost, I've gotten to the point where every time one comes out, I'm super, super skeptical that they can actually do it because it seems like a lot of them have really similar models where they launch with the, the idea that, okay, we're going to get a bunch of people to pay money first and then we're going to develop this and then maybe three years down the line, we're going to have a game out. But what usually happens is three years down the line, they come back and say, hey guys, uh, we ran out of money. We're going to need to sell more um packs or beta or alpha access and things like that and in the end it just drags on until you get the worst case scenario is probably something like uh pantheon mmo i'm not sure if you're familiar with pantheon but that's the mmo that's been in development for for i I don't know how many years the ongoing joke is you ever go to the reddit for the pantheon mmo online you can go back years upon years. Every year, people are like, okay, guys, beta's coming. They, they said it, the alpha's coming. And, and it's been, what, like five, six years now, and, and this is just never coming. Well, MMOs are incredibly resource-intensive for a company. Like, having worked at a video game company, I know firsthand that when you develop an MMO, right now, it's going to take so much money to work on something for such a long time that when you release it, it's got as much content as WoW Classic does. Like, WoW Classic is something that I don't think can ever be replicated in a way in a modern game. Uh, It's just so much content, so many quests, so many areas, so many NPCs, so many different things. It's it's more than just the dungeon content, right? It's the leveling. It's how long the leveling experience is. Um, And it just takes too many developer resources where you would have to be a company that's like as big as like Riot Games, right? Like one of the biggest companies are in in the world in terms of video games, where you can funnel money into this project that potentially fails, and you can funnel millions and millions of dollars into it, and and hundreds of thousands of people's hours to develop something that may not work. Making an MMORPG in this day and age is incredibly risky because doing it right takes a ton of developer hours and a ton of money, and companies aren't willing to take that risk and. Honestly, it hasn't worked out for anybody really except for WoW and some very select few MMOs. Oh, so. I, I mean, the scary thing is 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 that every MMO seems to launch really well. I feel like every MMO, they, they always... They're the WoW they, killers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's always, they always come in and they're like, oh, we're getting more response than ever before. We're going to add more servers, more servers. And then two months down the line, they have to start merging servers because everyone's just disappeared. It, it becomes a a wasteland i feel like the problem is a lot of them start really well and then they realize wait we we don't have content for people to do once they're done with the initial Mm -hmm. game that there's just nothing people are just now standing around doing nothing because i mean i mean that's literally what retail is retail is like exactly like that you do your mythic plus you can mythic key farm if you want you do your great vault once every week you pvp you got your cap on conquest so there's no reason to do it more than that and there's just like things where they try to make it so if people who can't play as much can still catch up and not feel like they're left behind by not playing 
and it's trying to appeal to somebody who doesn't have as much time as like the, the sweaty person in their yeah. basement um, which the sweaty people in the basement are the ones who keep playing like that's the that's the thing i'm gonna say is appealing to those people is not a bad thing See, the tricky thing I've always had, so as far as Classic Plus and all of that goes, um, so we can look at the rest of these questions, but it's all pretty much the same thing. They're basically just trying to gauge whether people would play it and, and get num rough numbers on how many people would be interested, really. But the thing that's always... Uh, I've always wondered with MMOs is because uh, it's so hard to go back to... backwards and, and cater to like a super, super hardcore crowd because people always say they want these things and then it goes back to that classic blizzard thing where where they've always been saying that you say you want this but you d you don't really want this but on on the other hand it, it's really hard to cater to an entire just hardcore base because it's actually a very niche audience that actually wants that super super sweaty experience where you're going to have uh in everquest i describe it to people where epic quest need you to go find a mob that spawns once every f three days at a random interval of eight hours with no hints. Uh, and, and, and you might spend the next month of your life trying to do that one thing. But when you do it, it's super satisfying and it's a really fun experience when you look back on it. But at the time, most people aren't going to go through that intensive process to get to the fun part at the end. So mm -hmm. it's, it's the question of whether it's even viable to cater to like a super hardcore audience if they wanted to do Classic Plus. I mean, I think Blizzard has learned firsthand because even doing Classic was appealing to people who said they wanted something and they're like, you don't really want this, right? Um, there were people who were playing on, on private servers for so long, people saying they wanted this game. And Blizzard is, I, I think, kind of woken up to the idea that this is the player base that really is the people they should be appealing to the people who love the classic era blizzard games it's why they're redoing diablo 2 it's why they're doing tbc like people say they want these things to blizzard and blizzard you know and other companies rightfully so go like you don't really want this you say you want this but you don't really want this you want diablo immortal like that that, that <laughs> does not work out for you so when you listen to your fan base who actually know what they're talking about and actually know what they want, because these are adults, uh, because you've kind of raised this generation, I say you listen to them. Like when they say they want something and you give it to them, they're going to be happy. It's what's happening with TBC now where they're doing changes to things, right? Where they're making changes potentially to drums. They're making changes to things that were frustrating systems. And so uh, I, I think that's a win when you listen to your core audience. Um, and, and, and I'll use two different examples here is a, uh, uh, kind of how I learned about fandoms is when you're appealing to a fandom, you either have the Star Trek or the Star Wars approach. The Star Wars approach is you appeal to everybody, regardless of what, what's going on. You try to appeal to all fans and try to bring every person in. Uh, the Star Trek approach is you only appeal to the hardcore fan, the Trekkies, and then they go out and they preach it for you. So you have to do less marketing, but you do directly appeal to those people. You don't water down your product at all. And you only have to get those people on board. And then they love it so much. And they feel like they're taken care of. They're listened to that. You do a lot of great things for them as a company and they continue to be a fan. And then they'll go preach the gospel of Star Trek to other people. So there's two approaches there. And I think Blizzard is better suited to do the Star Trek approach at this point. Uh, because these are games that have already been released in the past and you know how effective they are. You've already caught that audience that you were going to catch. Might as well invest in them again and double down because you've already caught them once 15 years ago and you're just recapturing them. So that's how I think they should approach it. Interesting. So 
the, I mean, the, the other question really is, is do they do it at the same time? If they go through with this, do they do it at the same time as TBC? Because uh, would it be dangerous to do it at the same time? Or, or would, would it be fine if they just did it for maybe one or two servers and just con concentrated that really hardcore player base that really wants that into those two servers? Uh, I think the problem that they're going to face is that TBC has to release at the same time as like classic era servers because they're not forcing everybody to get onto the TBC server, right? They've already That's said that they're going to have the servers, right? But it, I, I think if you just don't do anything and you just continue with the love, oh, my 60 is sitting there, not in TBC while everyone else is, then there's no reason to have that 60, right? Um, people will just kind of let it rot or they'll wish they had transferred it over. And that's why I uh, I don't know how they're going to execute on this. If I were them, I think I would have just pushed people to TBC and then would have had a select few servers that are going to be just classic in Naxxramas at the end, and that's where your 60 goes. And then I'd have fresh servers, and they'd be like potentially the new content servers. But I think you could like go through the phases again, and then eventually you announce that you're releasing new Classic Plus stuff for everybody. But the problem is, is if you have fresh servers going through phases again, you can't really do Classic Plus stuff until those servers are done and in Nax again. So they're, they're in a tricky situation where I'm not sure how they're going to handle it if they do Classic Plus. I think it's becoming harder and harder for them to actually find a, a way to do it effectively and have fresh servers. So I think they're either going to have to appeal to the fresh server people or the Classic Plus people. And I think Classic Plus is going to be the way they go, or I think it's the way they should go. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about the the fact that they have to run two consecutive, if they want to do it separately, they have to run Classic Plus and they'd have to run that fresh server at the same time. And that's that's mm -hmm. always been a disaster in, in previous MMOs when they, we tried to do that. Because uh, one server always gets killed by it. Like one's just more popular and everyone starts picking that server as the popular server mm -hmm. and then the other one's just going to die. That's just, just how it turns yeah. out. And that's the thing about MMOs is like the the population is very much so in control of how how people's enjoyment of the game is, right? That's kind of sometimes the beauty of massively multiplayer online games is everyone else affects your enjoyment in some degree. Uh, and there's like dead servers where people have like Alliance 60s and there's like nobody in Stormwind. Like it's like completely dead. Um, and obviously they aren't going to enjoy the game or even have like one raid team on the whole server. Uh, so... If that happens with those servers, then obviously they're kind of dead. You'd have to offer like transfers and things like that, which I guess is another opportunity to make money. But I mean, uh, the, the problem in the past is that Blizzard has always, uh, especially at the start of brand new server lives, they always said, hey, uh, guys, if you don't want that 12 hour queue like you have on White Main, just, just roll on this new server that we have. And everyone always says the same thing. But if I roll on that new server, won't it be dead later on? And and then I won't have anyone to play with. And then it, it sure enough, it, the problem is it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where it really does become dead later on. And then they have to figure out some sort of solution later on. And and Blizzard hasn't mm -hmm. always been the fastest when it comes to merging servers when they need to and, and such. So sometimes people are just stuck on those rounds for a long time after, mm -hmm. uh, after like, population is dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, they'll they'll offer like free transfers off servers, and so like groups of people on the servers can like r bring their characters to different ones. But not a lot of people do that. I think people did it when there were big queues. They were like, "This is getting sickening. I don't want to wait six hours to get into the game. I want to play the game that I pay for." 
and then they had their group of friends transfer off. But uh, outside of that, I don't think too many people did it. But hmm. But yeah, I mean, the queues are a whole different thing. The queues, oh, uh, I'm yeah. not looking forward to the TBC queues, man. Uh, yeah. I remember how it was on, on, on White Mane and Felina. Uh, man, that, that was some, that, that was ridiculous. I, I was going to bed and queuing up and then waking up and then timing my wake up time to be when the queue would be roughly over so I could be there. Uh, and it was mm-hmm. actually wasn't bad when it was like eight hours plus because I get a full, <laughs> full night's sleep and then come back in time. But it got really awkward when it started being in that like six hours mark where it's like, uh, do I want to wake up five hours in and then watch that, that queue? Mm-hmm. And, and what if the queue goes faster, then I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, it was bad, man. It was bad. I would, I would do exactly the same. I would set an alarm for like four hours before I actually am supposed to wake up. So I'd go to sleep, wake up, put myself in queue and go back to sleep. So I would <laughs> just do that, right? Get some sleep up until I thought the queue time would be. Um, and then I would just—it's you know, the worst because you're not even getting good sleep because you're having to interrupt. And then sometimes you would wake up in this like panic mode. Sometimes, oh no, did I mm-hmm. oversleep? Wait, am I gonna have? Am I gonna <laughs> be able to play WoW today? Because did I get kicked out of queue. Oh. <laughs> there were days where I would be like, oh, I missed it. No, and like I got kicked out. And then you like log in and you press enter, and it's like six hours, and you're like, I guess I have to go outside today. <laughs> it's like. Oh. Oh my god! Uh, but yeah, it's, it's gonna yeah, be we're... bad again. It's gonna be, and I, especially for both of us because we're both on super super popular True. servers. It's, it's gonna be, <laughs> uh, and then uh, th- that will be time for the Arcanite Reaper guys to come back in. And be like, hey guys, remember us? Yeah, we don't have any queues. Oh yeah, no queues for us on our two population server. I don't think I ever saw like a single Arcanite Reaper on my server. It's, uh, I think I made like one ever. It's like, holy moly, dude. But back in the day, Arcanite Reapers were all over the place. It was the item to have at 60. Yeah, I told man, I oh, totally boy. forgot about that. <laughs> you mentioned it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. Um, beta leaks. We should, we should talk about the beta leak mm-hmm. as well. Uh, the beta leak. So I'll throw it up on the screen for people again. So I think most people have seen this at some point already. So we don't... This might not even be true. This is just... This has been spread around on Reddit and, and other places. Supposedly, it's an internal thing that got emailed out and there's internal family and friends closed beta coming up mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. WoW. I have talked to some people in context. It's, it's weird. Some contacts say it's legit. Some say it's not. So I have no idea which, which way to go on that one. So what, what part of it is legit and what part of it is not legit? Well, or some what, people what are, are telling me like, no, that there's, there's no such thing at all. And, and then other people, you know, are like, oh, no, no, this is, this is definitely a thing. I have contacts. And so I, I don't know. Some people... Uh, no, like, I, 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 I can confirm there is a family and friends closed beta that is happening that employees and GMs can, you know, you know get people into. I've had a GM ask me if I want to go into it. I, oh, I said okay. no. But, but he, he said he's only getting people in who are going to be providing like real feedback yeah. to them uh, because it's like really limited. So I, I can confirm this is happening. This is not like some like speculation thing. This, this is absolutely happening. There's like, I know a few GMs. So we, ha- we have one in our guild. <laughs> so. Oh, so interesting. So, so this is a, okay. Okay. So th- th- I mean, then it comes about the question is how much of this is, is legit. And if this is like a, a complete legit, leak or not it does lend credence that um that asmund gold is coming out of his retirement break uh literally the day that this is supposed to be happening 
So if you see here on the screen, it says you need to add them to the tool before 10 a.m. Monday, March 16th. Uh, Monday, March 15th. And uh, Asmongold is coming mm -hmm. back on the 16th, <laughs> coincidentally, mm -hmm. which is uh, interesting with the dates. And and surely if there was a streamer that's going to get in, know. surely. Well, are, are but, you allowed to stream it? Maybe. Yeah, that, I mean, they, yeah. They were allowed to stream it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the whole other question is, are you even allowed to stream it? What what would you even be allowed to do? But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, mean it, it's, it's good to know. the classic data. So. Yeah. So I wonder if it'll allow you to get all the way up to 70 because I remember like the classic beta. Oh, was, like, yeah, the like, 40, old right? beta. I, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure Blizzard will do like a stress test beta as well towards the end of it. They, mm -hmm. they, it seems that that's always the thing. What Blizzard always has done is they do like the closed beta, then they do a slightly open beta. And then they always seem to end it with a big stress test beta where people get to play for two weeks or whatever and everyone can join. Yeah. And I think... Wasn't there like some incentive where it's like if you stress test, you can like reserve your name or something on the server? Um, I kind of remember. I think I think so. Yeah, I I remember I did yeah. the stress test and I was really bummed out the original back in original vanilla because uh, I I couldn't get a beta key to get into like the closed beta and then I had to do the stress mm. test. But that's okay. That's okay because I went to my local games GameStop or whatever it was and and begged the employee to sell me my collector's edition one day early. <laughs> and, and I got a gun in leveling. Man, those were the days, man. Really? Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I was playing one day before everyone else, and uh, I had I had the level lead, the first night elf rogue with a mount, because I didn't know <laughs> you better. Night elf yeah, rogue? I played night elf rogue. <laughs> night elf yes, seal fate rogue. Same. Because I had no same. idea what I was doing, man. Dude, night elves back then were so popular. They were like, they were by far like I think the most popular race in the game. And then people found out in classic that their racials just suck, yeah. so nobody <laughs> plays them anymore. And you're mocked for playing night elf. It's actually so yeah. funny. Ah, uh, those are the days. But yeah, so I guess yeah, I, that's that seems to be confirmed by uh, by your context then that this is mm -hmm. at least is, is a true thing. But uh, the question is how much of this screenshot is is real? But it it seems seems legit. I don't see anything that. On the screenshot that wouldn't make sense mm -hmm. all of it seems fairly straightforward but the question uh from this leak comes is how long do you think this is going to go on and and if they're starting beta now when do you think that that could be for the actual launch of tbc hmm i'm not sure to be honest um because they did the beta for classic like how many months before they actually released it because uh, it was a while, right? It was like it was three, a long, yeah. I think months. it was quite a long beta. Because they closed the beta down for a few weeks before the actual launch, right? Uh, I, I don't think actually... it, I don't think it went straight. I don't think it went straight in. I mean, my, it, it's a very vague memory, but yeah. I remember people like not playing beta because people weren't playing beta up to the launch. I think they closed the beta down with all the people's like 40s and stuff. And then they were like, okay, you know, a few weeks later they do a stress test and then they open up the servers and stuff, so. So, I mean, it's March now. If they did beta in the middle of March, the closed beta at least, they're going to have to do a slightly more open beta at some point as well. Um, so it's March, April. Do you think a May launch is still possible or do you think it's definitely delayed? past then at that point because that's how, how many months is that march april may so it'd be like two months if it launched in the middle of may yeah i mean it seems think, pretty quick what i said is like end of may right last time yeah i think yeah. i said like end of may um it's looking a little bit more like the beginning of uh 
June, July. Yeah. 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 Which, not a bad idea. Yeah, I don't think it'll be too bad. As long as it doesn't go until like the end of the year or something, that would be horrendous. Playing Nax mm. until the end of the year. Uh, I, th- I think most of the population would be done by that point. Is your guild still doing AQ, by the way? Um, well, it depends. Um, we do AQ on split weeks. We don't do it the week before DMF, and we don't do it during DMF. Because what we do is... So basically, I'll, I'll, I'm basically saying... Every five weeks, we do AQ for two weeks because we don't do it the week before DMF, we don't do it the week of DMF, and we don't do it the week after DMF whenever we're raid locked with it. So what we're doing is we're doing PTR right after our, our raid. So on Saturday, raid two finishes, immediately PTR. Uh, on Sunday, raid two finishes, immediately PTR. And so that's what we do is you, we say, screw AQ. It doesn't matter if you're raid one or two. We need the people from those raids to go in on PTR and practice because we're trying to be competitive. So... We don't do AQ right now, except for two times every five weeks. Yeah, because uh, it's become a... I feel like a lot of guilds, it's becoming an issue of managing burnout now because people have to maintain yeah. the rust and burnouts. But you don't want to force people to do stuff. Even though it's like a, a 0.5% increase in the gear that we can get if we do this and this. At this point, it feels like uh, it's just trying to maintain your people so that people don't burn out horribly before we get to actual TBC. Because uh, it yeah, feels and, like, and like a lot of people are re-rolling too. So yeah. there's some people who like. Um, I think my GM just made a warrior, and he's gonna run a second Nax GDKP because we already do one Nax GDKP, and he wants to run another one. And he's the guy who gets like 14, 10 to fourteen k per GDKP because he's like one of the administrators gets five percent cut <laughs> plus his normal. Set. So he he's actually made like fifty k in like four weeks or something like that um, off of GDKPs, and he just rolled a warrior to go tank another GDKP. So I think he's going to bring his warrior to the current GDKP, just take all of the gear and bid on it, and then he's going to make that warrior play in its own GDKP and run a second one and make more gold before <laughs> TBC. So... <laughs> um, and running raids as well. Actually, now that I think about it, all the richest people I know in-game, either they run raids or they do auction housing. It's one of the two. It's, mm-hmm. o- it's always either some crazy auction house guy or they just run... A bunch of gdkps or raids and, and they take the massive cut and, and sell all the extra like there's so many ways they they get actual money outside of just the the gdkp cut right there's there's the trade skill items and things like that as well they, they, yeah. they, it, it's absurd how much money you make for running a raid oh yeah if you run it appropriately and you know you just bag everything afterwards you know people who run guild banks and stuff like that and aren't like scummy and like taking mats and stuff but the people who run like gdkps and they can take those things uh, and like sell them on the auction house and you know, uh, do the thing where they get an extra cut and people don't complain because they're still getting a lot of money. Like, sure, all of us get 5K every GDKP, but the two guys running it each get 14K. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I understand to an extent. But I don't know if you did three times as much work as everybody <laughs> here. Like, like, and I don't know if that was exactly the raid leading, but yeah, it's like th- things like that. But people aren't going to complain and be like, be like, let's have an uprising against these guys. They get 14K, we get 5K. Because they're just going to go, you know how many people want to get into this GDKP yeah, and take yeah, your spot exactly. for 5K? Bye! Like, <laughs> they're just like, we'll replace you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, we can replace all of you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, my, it's like my mud. Uh, one, one of my muds, uh, he, he, he's in... He's a, one of the guys in progress, but he runs his own side guild as well. Uh, where he runs uh, like a well, not side side 
I guess side knacks. They're one of the better knacks next clearing pugs on the on the server. Mm-hmm. And even it, though it's not even a GDKP, just from the trade skill items that he, he's been able to sell, uh, mm. it, he, he makes so much money. They make so much money. It, it's insane. Like he he's he's the reason I could even play on in, in progress in the first place when I was leveling up my first character wow. because he helped he helped fund. Like every now and then I'd be like, well, guys, uh, you guys are either gonna have to watch me stream gold farming for the next ten hours, or or my friend here is gonna loan me five hundred gold because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just how it's gonna go. But but for those guys, man, like uh, that small amount of gold isn't even anything. They don't even oh, yeah, they don't even value it anymore. Like he was telling me mm. if 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 uh, DFT because he really wanted DFT. Uh, for one of his characters, he said, "Dude, if you want DFT, uh, just sell it to me. I'll pay what, like twenty, twenty-five k or whatever it is." <laughs> you just wow. throw out the money like that because you know when you run a raid like that and you get five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand a week, mm-hmm. it, the the, oh, the value of gold just disappears for these guys. Oh yeah, yeah. You you just don't have like a frame of reference anymore. It's like it just keeps getting higher and higher, like in terms of like what's norm for you. Um, other people who are rich are people who run casinos. Is that they allowed? They make a lot of money. Is that allowed? They actually make a lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. There's, it's allowed. It's allowed. You're allowed to run casinos in game, hundred percent. Huh. Um, they, I know some people who make a lot of money. And the thing is, is if uh, just a pro tip for everybody out there who happens to go to those in-game casinos and like do the roll and lose and shit like that, just if you like gambling, just run your own <laughs> casino. It's, it's literally like gambling and walking up to a casino except you're the one who has the good odds and they're the one who rolls that's that's literally all it is is you just have to have like some gold you start off small and you just have way better odds than the people roll like there people are so addicted to gambling on my server that the odds right now are one to 59 you lose (laughs) 60 to 99 or 60 to 98 you win 99 is triple and like 100 is sometimes like four times or three times, right? So 1 to 59, I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Like, they have like a, a 50% higher chance to win because they have like a 60% ch- 60% chance to win. You have like a 40% chance to win. I'm like, wait, do you, do you not understand how like crazy that is? Because in uh-huh. Vegas, like even like a, a 1% <laughs> chance for the house to win is significant. Like a 2% chance is, is significant. So yeah, if you want to gamble and make money, just run a casino instead. I had it's actually, no idea that was actually even it. allowed. Because I knew oh, really? you know, oh, in, in original WoW, uh, it was allowed for a while. And I think it got to to the point where it was so bad and there were so many casinos spamming that, that Blizzard seemed to have stepped in and silenced them at some point. But I had no yeah. idea it was a thing in Classic uh, WoW this time around. Because I think some popped oh, up yeah. early on in White Main and they just, they just disappeared. They, they didn't stay around. Oh, they're 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 huge on Fairlina. There there's so many of them, dude. My friend who um who he's re-rolling Horde side. He basically gave he gave me five k on Alliance side for five k on Horde side. Um, and so I like gave him five k on Horde. And then the next thing I know, I I see him spamming that he's running a casino. And you know the Fairlina drama thing, um, where ever like we'll get into it later. But yeah. you know where there's all these Horde and Eastern Plague land. He went there and started spamming his casino while everyone's waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that's the type of businessman he is he went there and started uh, spamming I, for I, have a, I have a weird respect for the people that play wow a completely different way than the rest of us like this, this guy <laughs> isn't playing wow he's playing casino tycoon or something 
It's amazing, dude. Uh, oh, have your casinos gotten to the point though, um, where they start doing VIP benefits and things like that? Because no. Oh, oh okay. Hey, hey, casino guys, Ooh. if you're listening, uh, take a page from the EverQuest playbook. So uh, they were super popular in in EverQuest as well. Casinos. What you can do is you can get your big rollers going, and you can have uh tier levels based on how much gold they spend with your casino. And they get a return. So just like any normal casino, if you're a big fish, you get some sort of return on your losses. So you can have tiers. You can have like bronze, silver, gold. You get back a certain amount of your cut if you spend this much, uh, this much gold at your casino. And yeah, in, in EverQuest, people went to that level where they had VIP tiers. And if you're a big roller, you get contacted every month for the big rolling rolls. And then you get a percentage of your losses. It, it was crazy. Pe- people ran it as a real business. Wow. <laughs> it got to crazy levels. That's a lot of background work to like do that. And you have to explain it to people too. Like <laughs> that that's I think the one where you're gonna lose people is that it's like, you know, you gotta explain this system to them. That's all. Well, I'm I'm the, the most interesting thing was always the audiences that would gamble. Cause uh I, I would ask because everyone that gambled a lot was it was always the guys that were also on the side doing RMT and and, and just farming items and selling them because they were the guys with the insane amounts of, of money. And and mm. I asked them, why do you do this? You you know the odds are horrible, right? You just you're just giving this guy money, basically. You're just giving this guy money. He's oh, you know, you got to do something with all this mountains of gold that you have, apparently. So yeah, that's why you do it, apparently. Oh yeah, because uh, the thing with gambling is, you know, they say that the people who you know uh, who ga- don't gamble with money that you're not afraid of losing. So the people who aren't afraid of losing money are the people who have money. And if you're somebody who is gambling to try and make money because you don't have any, you're like, I only have like 500 gold and I need 1500 or whatever, you're, you're going to lose it, right? Yeah. So the people who are desperate for money are going to lose their money. And the people who have money to spend are going to spend that money because they aren't afraid of losing it. So it, it, it is just a win-win for casinos. I know we got into this big like off-topic topic, but it's just, <laughs> it, it's insane how like stacked it is for casinos. Uh, and people still do it. But uh, yeah, you, you talked a little bit about the the GM. You you brought it up re- quickly. The GM abuse Felina drama. So I, I do have that uh, open as well. We can we can go into that. So this is the the crazy Reddit thread that that popped up with all the things and everything. Um, I guess you were there. You want to give a quick summary for people what what this was all about? Yeah. So what ended up happening is there's this guild called Vampire Clan. You may have heard of them. May have not heard of them. They're from private servers. They're notorious for griefing they are uh, i want to say like the the gm is known by so many people as being somebody who's just he goes around like terrorizing is what he likes to do he's from like a private server mafia boss kind of guy uh he runs the world boss coalition on fairlina he's the guy that like figured out like the loot distribution he's the one who calls like uh the like tells all the other girls what they should do in world pvp Basically, mafia boss type guy. Uh, when the DMF had been camped multiple times by the Alliance, by Vampire Clan, then the Horde seemed to have had enough of it. And apparently, Vampire Clan like wiped some dad guild on on Saturday or something, and that was kind of like the last straw for some reason. They decided that they were going to camp Vampire Clan and stop them from having a Monday DMF. Because they wanted to run three DMFs, right? One Monday, yeah. one sometime during the week, and then one time on the next week. So the Horde came together. So many different guilds were sitting outside of Naxxramas waiting for VC to show up. And 
VC was on top of a mushroom being summoned. And the Horde couldn't figure out how to get up there. So what ended up happening is the Horde allegedly got a person to fly hack, get on top of the necropolis that goes around uh, Nax Ramus, summoned people up there, and then they jumped down on VC with about 80 mages was the number I had gotten um, by people who were actually in that strike squad. Uh, the 80 mages died, but the vampire clan guys up there was like their raid too. They didn't they didn't summon their boys who had like all their buffs and stuff. They're just trying to secure the area. So it looked like it was impossible to secure the area here. And this just ended up being like 12 hours of waiting for VC to show up and try to get into the instance. Now, there, there's like a lot of like screenshots. The fly hacking became the big thing. Oh, a yeah. GM showed up at one point uh, where he told everybody to vacate the area or get suspended. Apparently, the GM had been getting reports that there were Horde and Alliance, because both sides were reporting each other, uh, that, <laughs> were in, that were in quote unquote, as one does, uh, that were quote unquote in unreachable areas. And so the GM showed up under the report of both Alliance and Horde are in unreachable areas and told people to get down from there. Now, when the GM arrived, the GM told specifically the Alliance on top of the shroom need to get off the shroom, which that caused the controversy because the Horde were the ones who had fly hacked to the top of the necropolis. And the reason he didn't tell the Horde to get down is because they had already jumped off and died and had the res sick. So there were no Horde in unreachable areas because they weren't on the Necropolis anymore. So he told the Alliance to get off of the Mushroom. And the Alliance were like, this is fucked up. We're just trying to get into the instance. We're trying to like actually have a PvP solution to this. And that, that area is not unreachable. The Horde just didn't know how to get there. You can get there from like using Slowfall, Noggin Fogger. It's available to everybody in the game. You don't have to terrain exploit. You don't have to do anything with like alt F4ing and like mounting or anything like that. You literally jump on a bunch of shrooms. You then slow fall, slow fall towards the shroom. You land on a certain part of it, and then you can jump up. That's really all there is to it. They just didn't know how to do it. There's a video posted in the thread of how to do it, and it shows you. So the, the Alliance were not in quote-unquote unreachable areas, which is why this caused a lot of controversy where it was like, there's a GM inside of the Horde guilds, like, like, you know how, like, my guild has a, a GM in it. Yeah. There's a GM in some of the Horde guilds. And so people are kind of suspecting that this was, like, GM favoritism towards the Horde, where the Alliance were getting in trouble for being in an area that isn't unreachable. It, it's something that you can get on top of uh, very easily, but the Horde just didn't know how. And we're trying to force them to come down into the Horde. And that's where people are upset about is they're like, this is messed up that the GMs were doing this and targeting the Alliance when the Horde were the ones who were actually cheating. So the GMs, I think, eventually came out later and said that the GM had shown up with reports of both factions and only saw Alliance on top of these things. And he just told both of them to get off of stuff. And then people asked who, and they were like, just the Alliance right now, you need to get down from the shroom. And that was what their, their cover was, is quote unquote, when the GM showed up, there was no longer any horde or alliance in unreachable areas. And I was sitting there going, because the ones on top of the shroom had logged off. Like, I, I don't understand how the GMs don't realize that the people who are in unreachable areas just logged off. So, like, it, I think there's a screenshot of it in there, yeah. uh, in that thread of them saying, like, when they arrived, there was nobody in those areas anymore. And then uh, it, it's very viewable, like, on my stream, they're absolutely 
was people who were there like right after that is is insane uh yeah so i mean i can i can show people the the uh wait first uh, there's the fly hacker right so the, this is a fly hacker yeah wait i'm gonna mute this because we don't need that mm-hmm. but yeah so oh this is the guy oh, showing how oh, yeah, this is, yeah yeah so this 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 is how you legitimately get up there so you, you can actually get up yeah. there so this isn't like a terrain export or anything it's just a, it's a little bit of a jumping thing and slow mm-hmm. falling and things that you do so you can totally get up here legit and i've I've been up there m- myself as well um it's a common summoning spot actually for for a lot of top yields a lot of people use this spot so it's mm-hmm. not a we're we're mad because it's our summoning spot and people were accusing us of summoning them up there which uh turns out uh s- turns out somebody in our in our raid did summon them up there but it wasn't them so they had been account- they had been uh hacked and their account had been compromised and so somebody from VC Jesus. had used somebody in our, our guild's uh, summoner to actually summon up there, which was another extra piece of drama where it looked like we had summoned them up there, but we absolutely had not. We had nothing to gain from helping VC. Jesus so Christ. That guy, had, that, guy, that guy had to change his account info and stuff. So yeah, just extra drama on top of everything. Uh, okay, wait, wait. I think this one, this, this is the, yeah, this is there, fly hacking. There's no, we obviously don't want to compromise our summoning spot right before, before a, yeah. uh, like a, a tournament and a dmf like why would we do that it's actually like okay okay, here we go here's here's a guy so for people are watching the 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 stream you can see here's here's the fly hacker guy like where where my mouse is Mm. just jumping jumping through the air yep just jumping through the yeah yeah some bro four (laughs) jumping through the air just, just just casual walk casual walk so yeah i i mean you pretty much summarize a lot of this and and they then they used uh they used all of these spots to get above and uh, above everyone basically they were up here wait let me see it shows yeah so and they start summoning yeah. people above there as well i assume the fly hacker guy is gonna get banned or is banned already at this point who, who no knows idea. I, it sounds to me like the problem was that the the gm just didn't do any work he just kind of turned up and he's like okay well this seems like a big kerfuffle we're just gonna Tell everyone to go away, and and yeah, that's gonna be our solution. Exactly. G- GM said, told people, GM told people to leave the area or face suspension. Nobody left. Like they all stood there, <laughs> like for, for oh, hours. Why don't we just don't listen to him? And just yeah, why don't we just still? don't listen and lock? He can't ban all of us. And then the next thing that happened was uh, the GM actually eventually teleported these summoners on top of the necropolis off. And this is like my favorite part. So this is all this the mages is the horde. Just hopping down. Yeah, this is where the there was about there was about eighty mages apparently. Um, there's a perspective. I, I have a perspective somewhere of like the the mage actually in the strike squad up above jumping down. Um, but there was like eighty mages versus this VC group. But if you look at who survived at the end, it's the paladins. So with batching and server lag. Yeah, 80 mages versus like 38 mages or 36 mages. The 36 mages win because they just everything gets delivered in the same batch window and all of them end up dying at the same time. Some of those mages also took like a thousand damage and fall damage because you had to fall once and then you jumped again. So all the mages coming down have like three fourths HP, but the paladins just bubble through the whole thing, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's like, (laughs) and all the mages had to use their, uh, their potion on lip uh when they were jumping down too so they're at another disadvantage there 
So, I mean, the question is, did, did this end up working? Like, what was the end result of all this stuff? Did anything happen? So, what ended up happening is VC, eventually, I don't think it's, like, streamed any... I don't think it's anywhere here. Yeah. Um, because people don't care about the resolution of this. They care about, like, the whole drama between the GMs and everything. Uh, I streamed it where there's a... Uh, uh, outsider's POV of the run-in. I don't know what that is. Um... What's the what's the one down there that's the outsider's POV of the run in? Uh hard point of view? Oh, oh, oh this one? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Is this it? Yeah. So this is this is this is where they ran in. Okay, okay. Yeah. So this is where somebody was watching. So you can see there's horde on top of the the ziggurat. There's a bunch of alliance right there. Holy then all, all the alliance <laughs> jump down and they go in two waves. They go in the wave where it's mages, paladins, warriors, warriors, shield wall, create space, mages go in. Sapper, Arcane Explosion, Blast Wave. Uh, Paladins go in, you bop your mages, you bubble, and you just try to create space, and you just spam whatever heal you can. And then all of the raid for VC that needs to zone in runs in. And on their side of the server, right, on, on client side, they're running in. On server side, they're still up on the shroom. So if you're spamming, like, purge on them, it's not working. Yeah. And so, allegedly, and I checked the logs, 36 of the 40 people made it in with buffs. <laughs> So despite 12 hours of this, <laughs> only four to five people didn't make it in with buffs. <laughs> so all of that to get or like four people. <laughs> yep, because, because they lagged the server when, the, uh, when they actually got in combat. There were too many people there for the servers to handle. This is literally what's going on right now. People are standing in place running. You see like people take, people on the shroom taking like arcane explosion animations, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they're, they're actually down on the floor. Like, they, there was too many people there for the servers to handle, and they they eventually did get their run in. So, so, so people in chat are saying that VC used Light of a Loon potentially. I mean, I, I have no clue if they use Light of a Loon. Maybe one or two people who were like really wanting to get in, because VC is the type of guild to do that, where they're like, you know, because they're such notorious griefers, their honor and their pride is in being ungriefable themselves if you can fuck with vc then like vc kind of lose their power but like it's such a power play from them to be like you guys can sit out here for 12 hours you can try and mess with us we're still gonna get in the instance and that's what makes like vc so um so hard to like so uh, is, is this screenshot how many people got they're in? very sweaty okay okay so is this vc i, I don't know what your names are yeah yeah so. that, that that is vc yes that is vc that is that is their raid, yeah. So they only lost like six people. Six, yeah. Or one person. One person's DC'd. I don't know. So five people didn't make it in, and Sifta was probably inside and logged off already because he was probably smart. <laughs> I don't know. But, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get. They didn't. They didn't get any of the tanks. They didn't get. They, I don't even know if they got anybody who's like a really high prio there. Honestly. Maybe they got like a warrior or two. I I don't know those some of those names off the top of my head, but I uh they I the people who like I recognize as like big players like Slippery, Slayer, Joey, like those guys all have their buffs, Dave on all that shit. So, so how they, did they this, didn't do substantial damage? How, how did this affect you guys then, uh as far as your run? Because your your summon spot is compromised now. Uh we don't know how that's gonna work in the future, unfortunately. We don't know what's gonna happen with the shroom spot. The the horde seemed chill with us. We were running a GT GDKP at the same time, which is why I was there on my shaman just watching. 
Um, and I got a whisper from Hoagie Haven Heroes, which is the biggest alliance or biggest horde guild for context is Hoagie Haven Heroes is so large. They, I think that at one point they had like eight raids. I think they have like, somebody said some ridiculous, I, I think it's like an urban legend where they have like 13 Scarab Lords or something, but like they have so many, they have so many people in their guild. So many people that like, I think their motto is like one faction, one guild where eventually no matter what one happens, faction, everyone, one guild. everyone's <laughs> going to end up in Hoagie Haven Heroes at some point. One uh, day, all Horde is going to be on Hoagie Haven Heroes, and all the Alliance are going to re-roll and be in Hoagie Haven Heroes. One faction, one guild, and that's Hoagie Haven Heroes. So they're, they're so big. Uh, but I remember being there, and I got a whisper that said, your GDKP is greenlit to go in. So my GDKP got summoned on the opposite side of the Ziggurat and ran in. I think we only lost like one or two people who got purged. Um, but didn't actually die. So the, we got like, it was one of those things where like an operation, it's like, quote unquote, it's like, you're green lit by the horde to go in. Like, it was like, what the heck's going on? It just sounded so like, uh, okay, so, so professional. Apparently this is video of uh, VC using Light of a Loon to go in. Ah, okay. God, it's so laggy. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, because he's yeah he's bamming on him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going after your waifu. Yeah, yeah. You you basically want to go after warriors, right? And he's now like going after anybody. How many light of balloons are there? There's. There's a guy with shield wall on. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I, I have that weak aura as well on my shaman. I actually don't purge people. I don't think I've purged a single person to date. Just because I don't want to grief people's buffs. I think it's. I just think it's a waste of people's time and I wouldn't want them to waste my time. So why would I? Why would I waste theirs? No, but it's hard to be a shaman. It's hard to be a shaman that doesn't purge and out there because you always just get killed. And I just stand there and go, wow. See, the thing too is like, y y they will pre-pot everything. Like you look at people's uh, potions, they have uh, like, they're fully buffed. They're pre-buffed, all that stuff that he's got like inspiration on as well. Uh, they have arcane protection potions, nature protection potions, all that stuff. Uh, and even if you went back to the mage clip, you see all the mages have like frost protection, arcane protection all those protection potions like these guys really care about not being griefed and like kind of uh flexing right so yeah. <laughs> you you, uh, you kind of get you kind of get like mocked by people in your own guild if you uh if you don't like go super sweaty here like i can imagine the the gm slippery like mocking someone who didn't get inside being like it's because you didn't do this it's like why wouldn't you do this you'd be an idiot so, yeah, it, it's kind of a thing where you, you got to be sweaty to really <laughs> participate in the grief. Uh, like some context as well. I've I've been griefed by VC before. My GM was uh, trying to get the black bug mount and doing the corruptor in Duskwood. And these are the type of guys who have level one naked gnomes at the top where the uh, dragon spawns. And every time you started the corruptor in Duskwood, the guy who when he does like an AOE and when somebody dies, he gets bigger and does more damage. So when you started it, a bunch of level one naked gnomes jumped off of the top of the thing, jumped into the boss, died. The boss got instantly like 
like 20 stories taller and then just one shot everybody. So they're the type of guild who like would grief people that they don't like into the ground. And that's the fun for them. <laughs> uh, I've always found it fascinating. We had the same thing in, in Everquis as well. There's always that the, a few guilds that are like that. The, the, the <laughs> where they just they're known as scumbags, but they're also really hard to get because mm-hmm. that's part of their 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 thinking is that well we're gonna be scumbags, but we're really good at being scumbags at the same time. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of the thing where um you know it's like if you hack Amazon, they hire you kind of thing. <laughs> that whole all those stories where if you are able to hack a big tech company, they actually offer you a job because you uh you know how to get inside their system so they want like you know they think you're valuable it's kind of like it's why i my mods back when i streamed a bunch on just chatting my mods are all shit posters (laughs) because i i hired a bunch of shit poster mods because i was like they can identify the shit posts immediately they got an eye for the shit posting they know when someone's trolling so all my mods were trolls so they could identify trolls as fast (laughs) as possible it was it was actually like five head. It actually worked out really well for me, um, except when I had to have mod meetings. That was not very fun. <laughs> but uh, so here with VC, it's kind of like you know, it's hard to grief the griefers because they know how to get by these things. They think about like, what would you have to do to get through somebody who was griefing? What would they have to do to avoid me? And how do I stop that from happening? So VC is pretty good at like thinking about how to get around things or if somebody was trying to get around their grief what would they have to do in trying to counter that so that's like another level game they like to play man so did, did anything happen as a result of all this besides like vc got in with almost everyone it seems and yeah. were there any bands handed did the gm do anything really he just told came out Not that and I know told of. people to just go away well, the, the only thing i know of is the gm teleported the summoners that were on top of the necropolis down to the ground that's all i know that happened that i saw is they actually teleported the guys down. Huh. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, there's that thing there where it's like blatant favoritism where there's like multiple employees of a Blizzard inside of one of the guilds tweeting about how the the griefing is going on and how it's like a good time and stuff. So that was the only thing where people were like, oh, a GM's tweeting about this. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the GM, you know, knew if a fly hacker was like happening. It doesn't mean that they're like, I, I, I'm like, what do you expect the GM to do? Like if I'm a GM in a guild and we're trying to grief and it gets to a point where somebody like fly hacks and I'm not directly like related to it in any way, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to G quit on the spot and like lose my raid spot? Am I just supposed to report it? Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to escalate it. Maybe, but it's, I think they're expecting so much from a GM who's like probably not on the clock and at home playing um, and playing the same game. Everyone else is to, to do something about this where I'm like, they probably just send in a ticket on Slack to somebody and say, Hey, this just happened. You should probably look into this. Um, but like, it's not like they're going to ban their entire guild or faction or like all these people who are like potentially involved. I think people are just outraged that the, the person who showed up didn't yeah, do their due he, diligence. Yeah, he just on didn't do his work. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was just like, Oh, this is what I see. It was almost like a boomer GM showed up and was kind of like, Okay, um, not sure what's going on here. Uh, people up there, people up there. Okay, uh, they just just clear out, kids. Clear out, kids. Like that's that's all it was. They had no idea what was actually going on. It's like when some kids getting beat up, right? You walk out in the schoolyard, 
and you're just like, okay, everybody break it up. You're all in trouble. This kid getting the shit kick out of him, you're in trouble too because you're here. <laughs> like it's like everyone's in trouble. Yeah, well, it's just like in school when you when you you fight back, you get you get in a fight, and the other guy hits you first, mm-hmm. and then you fight back. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? He, he was attacking uh-huh. me. Yep. And then everyone just it, gets it, in trouble. Exactly like that. So it, does, it doesn't feel like justified or anything like that. That that's where the unfairness is coming from, I'm sure. But I'm kind of sitting here going like, yeah, they have to have a fast response, but. I don't know what the response is there, honestly. <laughs> like, if I'm in that situation, I'm kind of just like, just teleport the people down from up top and let it play out, which is kind of what they ended up doing, right? In the grand scheme of things, they just teleported the people who were up top down. They didn't end up banning the people on the shroom, right? Despite saying, like, you know, vacate the area. Everybody just logged off, and then they had logged back in um, and said, you know, if we get banned, this is a place that is reachable, not unreachable, and we could... Like contest it maybe basic, and, yeah yeah contest it right i was gonna say stand against it but yeah contest it is the right word uh so it it felt like what was supposed to happen in the end did happen minus we don't know what's happened to the uh the the fly hacker but this is something that happens in like companies and and just like i would say any it, it's almost like if you report somebody to hr for something you never learn what happens to them you don't know what their punishment is. People don't, companies and GMs and stuff like that never discuss uh, disciplinary action that happens. It's confidential. So, I'd, yeah, it, they don't tell you what, go, what goes on or what was handed down. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Man, you um, want to know. You want to know. You always want to know, even in like an HR situation oh, oh, at work. Well, right? I mean, this goes into what we wanted to talk about earlier, which is where's the line between what do you think is fair as far as gameplay? And what is uh, too far? What do you think the line is as far as it crosses in the line to griefing or, or against against the spirit of the game or what, what, however you would phrase it? Where, where do you think it, that, that line lies? So for me, um, my line is probably a bit different than everybody else's because I think that part of the game and i think i I, somebody in the comments was like i thought this was a bad take from me was i was like people are allowed to enjoy griefing other people kind of thing like they were like this is a really bad take like this is really toxic and i'm like but people are allowed to do that it's not like my cup of tea so i I think that when it comes to fair play versus like the gms getting involved their motto is like if there's a pvp solution it's fair play and if there is no pvp solution then it's not fair play example um when I'm doing Duskwood as an alliance, and then they run a bunch of level one gnomes alliance side into the dragon or into the the corruptor, what am I supposed to do? There's zero PvP solution for them griefing this boss. Um, that's one where I'm like, that isn't fair play. That's kind of like exploiting this system, uh, even though it's completely like game mechanics wise. Yeah. And I think I think they did end up taking action against that. Uh, they started banning people for doing that, and I thought that was reasonable. But here. I think that when you fly hack, absolutely, that deserves a ban. Yeah. The people summoned by a fly hacker, unfortunately, I think that you also deserve a ban. Um, if you stayed up there for a certain amount of time, I think you deserve some type of punishment because it's just like how real life works where stolen property, if you're in possession of stolen property, even if you didn't know it was stolen, you bought something that was $50, like a TV that's $50, too good to be true. Might be stolen? I don't know. If you're in possession of stolen property, you still are at fault, right? Um, and it's the same thing, like, 
I got banned. I think I told you guys about this last time where I got yeah. banned for three days for having dark gold on a character where somebody had sent me gold that they purchased uh, and put my name in. I didn't buy the gold, but they Blizzard can't know who bought the gold. So if you want somebody banned, buy them like 8,000 gold worth of like the off a website, you know, because uh, they'll actually get banned for it because Blizzard can't track who bought the gold. So here it's like Blizzard can't track who like is associated exactly with this person who knew that they were going to be like, like summoned up there but anybody i think who who spent any reasonable amount of time on top of the necropolis and tried to use it for a strategic advantage i think does deserve some type of suspension whether it be one day or two days um i know that's an extreme point of view for me but i just think it's kind of you can't know and people participated in this it's fun in the moment i totally get that but that is obviously like out of out of reach right and a advantage that they shouldn't be able to get so Anything that involves fly hacking and not just like wall jumping and like clever summons and stuff like that, or even terrain exploits. I actually have no problem with terrain exploits usually because um, everybody's allowed to do them unless it's something with like a, a gnome that has to use uh, an elixir of giant growth and gnomes can be warlocks coincidentally. So there's no way for Horde to reach those spots because they have to like, Torin has to use a uh, uh, orb of deception and then elixir of giant growth but they aren't summoners, so they can't reach the same spots. So there's like this whole thing where uh, there's a small advantage there. So like when terrain exploits like that come into play, I think that's bad. But to, to just basically summarize what I think is fair play is I think fair play is anything that has a PvP solution as well as is reachable by everybody in and is accessible. But I think that when people get involved with somebody who is hacking and either one, doesn't report them themselves, or two, participates in something that is clearly not intended by the game uh i think there's some type of action i even if it's just a warning like i actually think that the people eh, i take back what i said about a ban i think the people who were on top of the necropolis this and got some warning sh- or something yeah and and, and you should just be told the you're obviously participating with people who are you know breaking breaking the rules of the game um and hacking in some way shape or form just don't do it in the future that's what i would say because uh, I, th- I think it's probably too extreme to give them time some type of suspension so I mean, I think that that found, it feels fair. I I feel that that's a fair take. I don't, I don't think that's super yeah. controversial or anything. But the, then the the question goes beyond that as well as as far as uh, you know, how far do you take these things? Because this this fight between VC and dogs and such is is clearly a symptom of something that's been going on in the background for a long time. Uh, beyond this, so it, it comes back to how people are playing the game nowadays. If something's griefable, I feel. It, it, it just is going to get griefed. So mm. the other question is, where's the line as far as going beyond this to, to continue wars, to continue uh, griefing people? Because to give an example, sometimes I see like, for example, in progress, we have, we have big streamers like Tetsu. Uh, I've seen times where he's been griefed for like 10 hours straight, just trying to get world buffs. And people will track him using who they'll they'll have him they'll they'll track all his outs they'll know where he is monitored at all times and he can't do anything he'll literally just be sitting there for ten hours and, and for yeah. me it feels like okay you guys have have crossed the line there um, if he can't play the game for ten hours it, I feel like I feel like it for me at least when it comes to fair play it, it's fine as long as you're not interfering with someone else's ability to actually play the game. At hmm. least that's how I feel. But on the other hand, I do understand that, hey, PvP is a thing, killing, like wanting to kill the big streamer, that's that's fair to some level. 
But I don't I don't know where that line is when it comes to like where where do you cross it to just straight harassment from from PvPing. Mm, yeah, harassment's a little different because that's not exactly like quote unquote like a fair play thing that's like obviously targeted. But yeah. I think you're allowed to target people. The whole stream sniping thing. Sure, they're electing to stream. It might be their job or career. I mean, I've been targeted. There's a, there's like a video of me getting like both of my warriors purged on a songflower that I was told was safe by Crusade. So I never listened to Crusade anymore <laughs> um, in Felwood. Um, that, that, that's always at the back of my head, by the way. Anytime yeah. I get summoned, I'm like, is this guy just going to grief me? Like, <laughs> is he actually on the other side? Like summoning me to Damal Arena or something? That happened one time that happened one time to me is i got summoned and logged out above uh north felpaw and then when i logged in there were two shadow priests on top of me and i was like oh. yeah, i was like okay <laughs> i popped crack and killed one and then almost killed the other but you know he, he lipped and i was like i don't really have anything left and so nah, but i lost my buffs that time and then the other time is the zug zug came out and he does people on fairlina will know the zug zug and he he cleaned my buffs on both my warriors because I was dual boxing, trying to get them both buffed at the same time. Uh, but it's just like it's one of those things where like you log in, you you reincarnate, you clean everybody's buffs up, uh, and you're like you know it, it's recorded and stuff, so it's like a little targeted. But at the same time, I get whispers from level one alts that are like, "I see you." <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> get it all the time. With, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like I see you, and I'm like. Come on, dude. <laughs> so th there are people who like live for that side of the game. I think they're allowed to enjoy it. I know it might be a shit take, but I think it's okay to grieve. Um, it just means that people have to be like, it is, if there's a way that like people are griefing you and there's no solution to it, like for some reason there's no solution to it, then yeah, then that's when it's extreme. Like they're griefing you and there's like absolutely no way. I'm trying to think of like a situation where that is is the case. But if they're just making your life harder, that's part of the PvP of the game. And I know that purging is something where people are like, it's not really a PvP solution. Like, a, a shaman runs up and spams purge on you. You kill him, he reincarnates and gets you again. Like, <laughs> there's no solution to this. And if you use, like, the Reflect Zanza and nobody purges you, then you have it on for KT. And then, like, all the... It. So I, I understand the frustration with it. I just think it hasn't reached a point yet where the meta for world buffing uh, has anything that's uncounterable or too frustrating to deal with, right? If you're willing to get sweaty enough, there's always a way to like sweat harder than the other person right now. Nothing's like uncounterable that I've encountered. Interesting. So, so you're you're of the the party where anything's fair as long as uh, as long as it can be countered, or is there something you can do about it? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like even like I was talking to my friend the other day where I was like, it it's gonna get to the point where since I have multiple characters, I'm literally going to log out my warrior on a flower, bring my other warrior who isn't raiding, get him on EZG, buff them DMT, and try to pick the flower. And then stop picking the flower and see if somebody purges me. Um, because, and if they don't purge me, then I'll take the flower in Vizpot, and then that warrior's buffed for the raid that they have. Like, you can actually use, like, a dummy buffed character to pick song flowers now, right? So that's something that, like, I'm doing a little bit, but it hasn't really had to be, like, be done yet. But if the purge meta gets to that point, I'm like, I'm completely ready for that. Not everybody will be, but I'm like, you could get a friend to get DMTs who's a warrior who may have already raided and stuff. I so. mean, the interesting thing is uh, you, you can tell the different purge matters and such depending on the servers. Because uh, yep. I play on, on Firemore and I play on White Main, and, and it's, it's completely different as what how people grieve you on, on each server. 
Um, when, when I I pick a songflower on white main, I I just pick it because uh, it, it's our songflowers are camp, but they're not camp to the extent they are on Firemore. Um, people on white white main they ask me questions. <laughs> I just got whispered by the zug zug on Discord. He said slash wave smile. <laughs> Uh, I think he's in the stream. I think I think uh, he is. Yeah, he's in the stream. <laughs> uh, dude, I, I I watched that clip last night, and I was like, dude, this this guy is like he's the guy on Fairlina where and anybody who like slash who's and they see the zug zug on, they're like, Fellwood, this isn't gonna happen till six a.m., brother. It's like we're I'm going to bed. <laughs> Even when he logs off, he's just gonna log in, man. You can't tell. Well, good lord. Uh, yeah. Yo, you're talking about the purge. The <laughs> yeah, the um, They're always watching. The purges are always watching. <laughs> uh, on 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 white main, people ask me why. Hey, Snow, why are you using free action potion right now? And I'm like, have you never done? <laughs> you clearly you have never been on fire mode where every single flower is going to get at least a few Ooh. grenades thrown on yep. on top of you. <laughs> yep. Yep. You get grenaded. Yeah, that's that's where like the rogues. That's how the rogues grief is. They have to like uh, throw a grenade. And the, my favorite part is like uh, my GM was like streaming this one time where like a horde guild was getting it, and then he grenades. And the part is is if you time the grenade right, all the warriors who were predicting it or all the people who fapped uh, and like used like you know berserker rage, they'll get it. And then like half the guild won't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and and he and he's like that's better than stopping all of them. Because the flower's taken, and now only half of it. I'm like, you guys are messed up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't grief these things. Like, I, I hate griefing people because I don't mm. want the, I would waste their time, and so I, I don't want to like start, start a circle where like people are like, "Fuck Zyrene, that guy got me here." Like, I've literally never purged it. My my shaman has no PvP title. That's how fucking involved I am in like anything PvP on it. I just use it for scouting and like the like mind controlling for war chiefs so oh, it's, it's, it's good power to have if you get that reputation as oh he's just a nice guy let's let's leave him alone uh yeah. it, it seems to be work. like like yesterday yeah, I, I lost i lost dmf yesterday uh and, and people posted in and then the in the discord it was after my raid i was just getting it for the next raid so it's no big deal i can i can pick it up later they take you to Gurubashi or something um oh no no they uh well, just because I'm a streamer on that server now, people people screenshot anytime I get killed. So they uh they posted it in the white main uh Discord, and everyone's like, "Oh no, you can't kill Snow, man. He's a nice guy. You you guys have gone too far. You guys have gone too far. He didn't do anything to you." I was like, "Yes, the yes." The, the purging the purging Discord said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude! Uh, now the purging Discord. But even though I've I've never been like mean or like anything to anybody in terms of like purging and stuff, I think the purger Discord wants to get me all the time just because I have like spots that I'm in that they're like, this is hard to reach. This is a challenge. He thinks he's safe. And it's like, I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to log out in Stormwind, <laughs> man. I'm just trying to hearth in Stormwind, bro. Like, come on, I'm trying to make my raid with full buffs. I, I tank, dude. You get me? Like, that's the thing, is being a tank, you're like you are the thing that makes the purgers cream themselves. Like <laughs> I think I think Bean when I was going for DMTs first this week, Bean the the hunter the streamer, yeah. I got feared behind DMT and he was like he was like he was like buffed warrior buffed warrior buffed warrior and I had I had Ani for like six minutes six and a half minutes left but they see Ani and like everybody jumps me because they're just like it's a buffed warrior he's got a buff like come on man uh... <laughs> oh yeah right now I think the purge meta for us is um 
you gotta you gotta like scout flowers ahead of time. You gotta pick it and invis pot immediately. Invis pot, interesting. Yeah, yeah, you because you, you can in, you can hearth while you're in Viz pot. Oh, so, I didn't know that because I, I, I only yeah. play rogue, so I just I, I just like vanish yeah. and go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. The, the meta right now is Invis pot or Gnomish cloaking device into Invis pot, so you can get further away from the flower than like somebody fire nova totem totaming it. So that that's the meta right now. Um, but yeah, you you can. So the way Invis pot works is anything that's channeled doesn't break it until the cast goes off in terms of like cast time. Um, so like Hearthstone, uh, it works for Resuvius, where if a priest uh, invis pots and walks up, starts casting mind control, they don't become visible until mind control's gone off. Yeah. So they huh. don't have to mind soothe or anything like that. That's how we get that. around. I, I had no idea. But, so yeah, that's how we get around the whole. Huff. Yeah, that that's why we uh, do um, in, like the stables pull for us is we do the stables pull, but our MC priest stays out because they, they don't want to use lip yeah. and then as soon as we round the corner they run and invis pot down the resuvius and instead of having to mind soothe and have the one percent chance to resist two times on mobs and potentially pull the boss and then have a much harder situation they just invis pot and cast the mc so uh that that's how we do it huh. so, and yeah, invis potting and hearthing is the way to go right now and then you know the meta is going to evolve and all these guys are going to have detect invisibility or you know potions that might help them out with that. i don't know <laughs> Oh. Uh, it's it's funny because because i'm a i'm a also a bystander i, I never participate in that stuff uh, look look guys I, I don't have time i'm so busy here i don't have time to do, to participate in this even if i wanted to so i, I just kind of watch from the outside in but uh yeah i've, I've seen guilds with uh, uh my, my guild has affectionately started calling it spreading the word of thrall to, to, the, to the opposing faction <laughs> when, they, when they're griefing people it's oh man and and it's it's funny because they they make a it, it it causes so much grief on on other people like like uh, one of the guys that griefs me on firemore i asked him hey man what are you doing i'm literally just farming sandworm meat right now <laughs> why and i'm not even on the speed run team I, and i don't have world bus what why are you trying to kill me and, and he then says, they oh, say red, red is dead oh <laughs> uh, yeah. well, he said uh wrong guild tag i was like oh okay well i'm sorry uh, i'm in progress i guess what can hey. i do Dude, legit, what ended up happening one time was um, I think I was I think it was dogs in VC were trying to grief Hoagie and Power, I think. So it was like an alliance and a horde guild had teamed up to go against an alliance and a horde guild and grief like one that like, you know, an alliance guild that VC didn't like and a horde guild that, you know, uh, dogs didn't like so that they could help each other out. Uh, we were summoning to AQ at the time and we got told oh, you guys are clear, it's fine, you can keep summoning. So we summoned all of our guys, and then as soon as we finished summoning, we got jumped down on by a <laughs> bunch of mages and priests. We saw them up there, and they were looking at us, and then they were. we got told, you're clear. Then they jumped down on us and did that. And so I had to like talk to some people, and I got a, I got a message back that was, um, I think it might have been the famous Timothy Mugsworth. I think he said, wrong place, wrong time. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is how they do it, dude. This is how they do it. They're just like, I ain't got time for this, you know? They're like, yes, I'm here to grief. So they, they take no chances that you could like potentially get by, right? If like a griefer or, or somebody they want to grief makes it through. So they, uh, they don't have enough time to look at guild tags. They don't have time to look at everybody. They're just like, if you're around this area, then you, you got to go. So I get it, man. I get it. 
Uh, I, there's a, a weird, there's a, a part of me that looks at it and think, man, if I had unlimited, if, if I was retired with unlimited funds and this is all I did all day, okay, maybe I could see some fun in some of this stuff. But sometimes I look at this and think, man, you guys have too much time. <laughs> you just spend six <laughs> hours. Here. I, I saw one time I tuned into a stream and this guy had like, he, he had like, um, five monitors monitoring five different songflower locations with like dead priests in booty bay at the same time and it, it, he, he like a, had a master set up a, a five thousand dollar streamer set up just for griefing it was the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen uh but yeah um <laughs> moving on i guess we should move on to the next topics before we go on for another three hour podcast uh, by the way, guys, I did not plan on a two-hour, three-hour podcast last time. It's just that uh, I just prepared oh, no. topics and then we talked. Why? What? I, I just saw that. I just saw one of my guys. I, you know how like you can see people streaming on Discord and it's like Snow streaming TBC podcast. I went to one of my guys, Jalen, and it says streaming mushroom PVP. So I go to his <laughs> server or I go to his his stream and there's there's a bunch of alliance on a mushroom and then a bunch of horde on a different mushroom having a standoff right now like it's it's a twitch.tv slash jalen bb j-a-y-l-e-n-b-b and they're just having a mushroom standoff right now i i hate this that's that's my that's our shroom they're standing on right now I, I hate, um, I actually hate this. Okay, I'm, 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 this does tie into like a, what I did want to talk about with Raid Masters and everything. Uh, this is one of the points. Um, so you are participating in Raid Masters. Is it uh, uh, this this coming? Is it three days? Raid Masters is over? Is it three days? Something like that? Mm-mm, mm-mm. How, how many no. days? Uh, well, I mean, for, for the first slot, I mean. Because uh, I, I think it's like the entire T- DMF period, but the first slot, I think, is like three four days you can pick from um i i think so um all i know is i i know the days that we're running um but i don't know the the times that are covered because i know it's it's over two weeks right yeah, yeah. It's, it's over two dmf cycles or two two dmf uh, runs so everybody gets two runs at least from what i know so yeah it's uh it's gonna be interesting okay so i I don't know what days but it's 15 guilds so uh two every day is you know seven days a week and you do it twice so i think some guilds might raid on days they don't normally raid so you might see some raids that don't have complete rosters because they have to fill time slots like i've actually talked to one guild already that was like uh they're gonna have a weaker roster on their first run because it's not at their normal raid time because then you have to raid at the time that yeah. they're able to stream yeah. you. So yeah. if you happen to raid at the same time as another guild, um, which thankfully for us, you know, progress isn't in it apparently. Yeah. Uh, I think they raid at like the same time as us. So yeah. like they raid like a, an hour or two before us or uh, yeah, like an hour, half an hour, hour before us. Cause whenever we run and go like, we got a good run, we check the leaderboard and like, they just put up like an even better time. And we're like, what the fuck <laughs> that happened right now yeah so yeah, i, I mean like sp- speaking of raid masters for those that don't know i guess i should uh introduce it yeah. so raid masters is uh a next ramus raiding tournament going on right now so um i i actually messaged irene about it whether he before when i was just initially looking into it uh because everyone in progress was kind of talking about it and, and seeing whether we do it or not and 
um, there are some issues uh, as far as like participating in Raid Masters. So people are asking like, hey, why isn't Progress participating in this? Why isn't Dream State participating in this? So here's here are the reasons why, um, for example, uh, Progress isn't participating in this. So uh, at the start, when we were looking into it at the at at the very beginning when you first heard about it at first we didn't even know who was run by because because that's the thing when we, we go on the website there's there's no information on who's run, really running it it says sponsored by a bunch of sponsors uh there's no information i can pull up the website now actually so mm -hmm. uh g loot warcraft yeah, logs, yeah. Hyper so so it, it's pretty much you see like raid masters run by g loot Warcraft logs, hypax. These are just sponsors. And if you clicking around, we we had no idea who was even running it. We we couldn't really even tell. It was just. And then we went to like the YouTube. There's no subscribers on the YouTube. Went to like the the Twitch account. There's no subscribers on the Twitch account. So we didn't really know what was going on. And uh, th that was the first thing that made us kind of uh, that made people kind of sketch. We're like, oh, do we do this or what? What is this? This random tournament going on? But. Then you look at the prize money. So the prize money is is four thousand. That's um, my favorite part. It's four thousand. So if you divide that by forty people, uh, everyone's getting like a hundred bucks. If that's if you get first place, that's if you get first place, you you get a uh, hundred bucks each, and it, it's it's really not not a lot of money for when you think about an entire raid because. Someone on the officer team is going to have to organize all this as well. There's going to be mm -hmm. logistic issues. There's a whole is bunch going of to be things. A GD... Is this going to be a GDKP thing where they get an extra cut? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> the officers take an extra cut? Yeah. It, it's, IRL GDKP? It's so much work for what is potentially $100 for each person. And, and less if you want yeah. to give more to the person who's who's helping to run all this this stuff. And then you get yeah, into the problem it, of uh, like time slots as well. Like mm -hmm. is what we've been talking about before is is that having to force your raid to run at a specific time is actually really annoying for people who have set days when they like to run and people clear the schedule. There's the set days when they're doing PTR things and ha having to like interrupt your PTR things in the middle of a DMF as well. Like all of these things just add to the downsides of doing this to the point where at some point people are just a lot of people just didn't see the value in doing it. They they don't they don't see what they gain from doing it. Besides, maybe a little bit of bragging rights or, or for for the fun of it. But if you're just going for if you're like a progress or a dream state, and all you really want is you just want to get the fastest next time. You don't really care about it, anything else. Yeah. It's actually a so, downside to participate in this tournament overall. Well, like like Dars just said, like uh, in chat, clout is the reason to do it, but. I think the the tournament is now heavily hindered, even though I'm like participating in it and we obviously want to win. Um, the win is definitely watered down by the fact that noobs in progress aren't there. Um, we consider now like Rise, Tribe, and Salad Bakers to be like the biggest competition for us. But without progress and um, noobs there, there is a legitimate chance that we can get first and or second in rain um, without having to like really outdo like china strats or top tier eu strats salad bakers you know they're they're really really good um but they're not like they're not like progress or um noobs in terms of just weird execution of like i, I mean like progress damage salad bakers just do so much damage like they can they can they're they're closer to us than the other ones in terms of blender strats but it just execution wise china's on a different level and i'm, I'm I'm kind of glad that they're not there uh, in noobs, but 
like salad bakers is the one where out of the three i think they're the least scary for us personally because i just don't i just don't think we'd be able to do what noobs does and progress are just really clean when they when they're on so and like salad bakers i think can mess up that's the thing that i think is like there are people who will who will mess up sometimes and slow a run down and they they just have to have a clean run and so do we and then it's kind of like wherever the the time lands that's where it lands but now it's like way more of a legitimate chance for rain to actually win it but the win would be watered down and there's always that asterisk next to it where it's like noobs and progress did not participate in this tournament it's like number one next in the world by the way they were they were not here these actually number one and two were not here so yeah yeah well i mean it's like league of legends world season one where it's like europe won korea was not in this tournament (laughs) yeah well i I mean the the time slots are actually like a bigger factor than people realize as well because uh like like a a lot of people just assume that like these big mega guilds they have enough people they can run wherever they want they're just going to do ptr sessions all the time but there's actually a lot of logistics that managing things and and when people are free to be able to run especially if you're on a super super griefed server like firemore if people find out like oh progress has to get in on a thursday okay if we grief them from here to here we can stop these many people from getting world buzz these many people from getting in and you you know a hundred percent we have wcb a horde only on the server you know they're going to turn it up to 100 knots if they find out that oh progress is doing this tournament on thursday we're going to stop them and we're going to mm-hmm. grief them for three days to stop them summoning in into the into the instance so it, yeah. the, the time slots really were, were actually like a, a big stopping block among other things that that just led to progress not really wanting to do it because really it, it is actually, a downside to doing the it tournament. is a, there, there is a really interesting thing here with the way that it's being run um and that's that uh, the, the tournament organizers, it's hard to build hype for these runs because you don't know who's running next. Like right now, it's 50 minutes until the next run on the, the Raid Masters thing. And I don't know who's going next. And if they announce it, that guild's probably going to start getting griefed. Like yeah. that, people don't know when we're running. And yeah. we, we hope to God they don't know when we're running kind of thing, right? So it's hard to like build hype and be like, this is what's coming up next or that or anything like that. You don't really get to know who's running until it's happening. And that's, I think kind of a a downside of it in my mind. If the PTR were more stable, uh, it would be the place to do it because PTR, there's no griefing. You'd summon people. You'd be good to go. You just have a world buff character ahead of time and boom, you're good. Uh, problem with PTR is stability. Also on top of that add-ons transferring over and the hotkeys, not always perfect. So yeah, the, there's no matter what you do, there's always going to be some type of like hold up on this tournament, which makes it a little bit. It, it's ambitious. I, I think it's cool that they're doing it, and especially since it's something like I get to participate in. But uh, I, I I sympathize with their position. I don't want to be in that position running this tournament because it is it is hard to do well. Yeah, it's, it's not a like if the prize money was. To really incentivize the top guilds to do this and actually seriously give it a shot at this, you have to raise the prize money like 10 times or something before it's actually incentivizing people. Okay, ooh, everyone gets $1,000 if we do this? Okay, that, that's actually some mm-hmm. some interesting cash there for the people. There's, there's not money like that. You're not going to yeah. make returns like that. Like what, yeah. Tournaments are not handouts. Tournaments are, are companies or organizations Um trying to get eyes on sponsors or events and continue perpetuating that or even a game right like that's what that's what that's what the lcs was was getting eyes on the game 
right? And you wouldn't put money into it that you didn't think you couldn't get back out via the advertising what you're doing, right? So you don't throw money into a black hole and go, everybody gets $1,000 and this tournament made us $5. Thanks for the one (laughs) sub. Like, it's like, that's not gonna... Yeah, well, I mean, that 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 brings up uh, another thing that uh, that, that was kind of like why some people didn't want to participate here was that um mm-hmm. if if this was a event run by by blizzard themselves or it was like an lcs level riot event type thing then it'd be a lot easier to get people on board and excited to do it but when when you go to to the youtube and the twitch and you see oh wait they, they have no followers and you're essentially mm-hmm. giving them the clout to be able to do this and and when you're like every big speedrun team almost has at least one guy who's like the designated streamer guy and Mm -hmm. that guy is probably going to lose his audience to the raid masters guys if you're participating under the raid masters rules and such people are going to just going to go watch the raid masters stream so you're giving the raid masters stream the clout but you're you're not sure when that clout's going to come back to you because they're smaller than you are which is like a really weird exchange so yeah that that's those those reasons are roughly why you're doing more help for them than they are for you um like i was told that i am not allowed to have anything on my stream except for a chat cover that's our raid uh that our that's our guild logo um so that's all i'm really allowed to have on the stream uh covering it so nothing else like no like photos there's like stream guidelines there's a whole bunch yeah there's a whole bunch of requirements as well if you're going to stream you had to give them access to your discord you had to I uh, have at least two clean streams and then a bunch of audio workarounds and things like that. It, it was just a lot of hassle for not a lot of payoff, I think, is why a lot of people didn't want to do it. Why are you smiling now? Yeah. Access to our Discord, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yep. But, uh... Yeah, people, pe- people in my guild will know. Um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for us, though, out of this is... Uh, like our, our GM has been really big on recruitment uh, because the rain was not like, I think they were competitive in like MC and BWL. And then like a little bit in AQ, they fell off because they lost their main tank um, and their off tank, I think when uh, AQ released and their third tank became their main tank. Uh, and they just took big hits there. So they weren't really competitive in AQ 40. Uh, and that's why people are like surprised now that rain is like a top guild in the world. Uh, because we weren't really on the radar for a lot of yeah. people for the last like six months. Um, but they they like basically absorbed my six best warriors from my raid when I disbanded and me. Uh, so they got like a big infusion of talent. And like one, one of their top two DPSers is like a warrior that was in my raid, a uh, Linny's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they've just gotten like, you know, an off tank, uh, you know, geared people who have like Gressels and stuff uh, pushed into the raid and people who are like motivated about speed running and, and fresh talent. So the the guild leader i'm positive at this point the big thing for participating in guild masters or raid masters for him is the advertising of the guild and getting people to join because recruiting in phase six is a (laughs) headache and when tbc comes out you want good players right uh you want good players to help you guys like push content level up and especially since we're going to still be alliance side in tbc uh showing people that we're like here to play and that we're competitive 
and this is an environment that people would want to be in if they are good players and they want to push themselves. That's kind of the the selling point here for us to participate is if we do well and we get first, our name is more out there and people will want to be here because we're not salad bakers. We're not progress. We're not noobs. We're not these guilds that if you're in those areas, you want to apply to or even transfer servers to be on, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of want to push towards that and and have that be what comes out of this tournament for us is easier recruiting we're the place to be in na and we want that na talent to come to us not have to like find them yeah well i mean recruiting that, that, is that's what people underestimate it. a lot of people think that all uh, oh, the top guilds they, they just get members all the time but even even a guild like progress which uh i really want to make a video one day about like the differences between a uh, top tier guild and and a uh, middle kind of tier guild but man the infrastructure that's required to run a top tier guild like like a progress like a salad bakers like a noobs it is crazy and even then you still you have so much issues you have to do so much shuffling as far as your roster and trying to fit people in here and there for example last run uh fanzi who's the rogue class lead had to play his warrior because one of the tanks uh couldn't be there and they needed his thunder fury for the debuff and they had to cycle him and even though he's he's like the, the one of the top performing rogues and, and it's there's so much shuffling and things that he goes on even in a big guild like progress that has so many options mm-hmm. it's uh recruiting is yeah. actually hard at times yeah and like it was really funny because it's one of those things where I had the perception that because I, I was in a top guild in the world in vanilla and in TBC. And so like recruiting was something that was always kind of easy because guilds fall apart all the time and like come to you and you have like just yeah. you're, you're constantly turning people away. But I didn't realize that like when I was joining Rain, that my my raid disbanding at that point in time was kind of like saving them and revitalizing them. Because I like I look at their roster now and I'm just like all of the people that applied from my guild that were like good warriors all got in and have spots on either the A team. And I think there's like one or two people who are on the B team. Um, And like they fill these spots and I look at like the whole raid roster and it's like, they don't really have like over 80 people to fit into those two raids. So uh, having talent kind of funnel into these raids from raids that are disbanding is really good. Also uh, power, I think, um, on our server said they were going to stop speed running. They were like number 10 for a little bit in the world for a uh, knack speed run, I think was the highest they peaked. Um, and they were, they were good in AQ too. Uh, they have, uh, they have medium. They had medium as their raid leader. Um, yeah. Some people might know him. Uh, and they said they were going to stop speed running. So a lot of their good players came over to us recently too. So our warrior roster just got even more stacked. And that's like, every time that happens, how many raids are you ready to celebrate? Uh, we we do two raids and then a GDKP. Okay. So. Yeah. 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 So I mean, a lot of people don't know. There's so much logistic stuff. Like e- even in a progress, man, we have uh, what four raid teams, and, and half of of the raid teams just function just to keep more people coming through the guild and then gearing mm-hmm. up the fresh characters because people burn out. You got to have people replace. You you can't replace your top geared warrior with a, a horribly geared person who's who's fresh sixty. Mm-hmm. Man, the, the the just seeing when I when I see the logistics of behind the scenes of keeping four raid teams going and all the different raid groups and everything, it's 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 crazy. There's so much back end work that doesn't get seen. Yeah, um, and there there's something that like uh, what you had here is like our last topic was the guild plans for raid sizes and teams come TBC to get yeah. back on a TBC yeah. topic here, um, and accommodating everyone. What we're doing on TBC release is we are assigning groups of five 
and that's your rate that's your that's your instance group so a tank a healer and three dps will be assigned to be paired together and you will be running hellfire ramparts and stuff and we're just gonna have people grind rep and instances to get to 70 um instead of questing so we're actually going to assign you groups and people and if people drop from those groups we get another person in etc so that's how we're planning to get to 70 and get people geared and ready for for pre-dis and everything is you'll actually have assigned groups um, that means that there's going to be people like me who I'll have to play my healer for a group because we don't have enough healers for every group. We don't have enough tanks for every group, right? I'm going to have to play my gnome and my human, um, even though one of them will be the ones that's going into raids. And especially since Karazhan is going to be like the 10-man roster or 10-man raid, uh, at the beginning, you're going to have a lot of Karazans. We're going to have like four Karazans on the same day is I think the plan right now is you're just going to run them back to back to back and people are just going to swap characters or take like an hour break and then come back on for the third Karazhan after they did the first one. Um, and, and it's just going to be like that. It's kind of going to be like how um guilds ran ZG. Uh, but you, you won't be able to accommodate everybody, but I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised at what's going to happen in TBC is you're probably going to split into two raid rosters and you're just going to add some people. Like, I, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised that you can probably accommodate. I, I think I just said the opposite of this, but this is what I mean. You can probably accommodate everybody just not into the same raid, Right. Uh, I think you'll have your 40 or your 80 people divided into three raids, and then some people will have already quit or joined a different guild or re-rolled. And so you don't really have to deal with more than uh, like re more recruiting. But right now, if you have one raid team, you probably just split in two and then add a few people. And that's it. Yeah. So, so I don't um, think it's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, what you're talking about with like, because uh, for people that don't know, uh, if you're new to TBC, the raid changes from 40 to um 25 each so mm -hmm. essentially you can you can have two raid teams if you just add a little bit more people if, if we're just talking about one raid team becoming two just add a few more people and you, you have enough for two raid teams and and i mean guilds already aren't doing like if you have a 40-man raid you don't have 40 people you have more than 40 people because people are going to yes. be absent and such so it's, it's it's not the end of the world but um the reason i actually added that onto the topic list is because my guild's doing something mm -hmm. interesting with the with, with our roster um, mm -hmm. not, not on the progress side of things progress is doing things pretty standard but my NA guild is taking everyone in and because it's just Karazhan right um, initially yeah. it's, it's, it, it doesn't really matter you, you, you can pug it, it doesn't really matter at the start so mm -hmm. we're letting anyone play whatever they want they, they're not allowed to swap to a class that we have too many of like you can't swap to a rogue mm -hmm. now because we don't need even more rogues yeah gear everything yeah, right? yeah. so we're just gonna let everyone play everything for the initial the steps, and we're gonna run uh, two two raid teams essentially, and then all the Karazhan runs, however many Karazhan runs are there, and then mm -hmm. we'll fill the slots with the outs. But what we're doing beyond that is we're actually not going to recruit. So our plan is mm -hmm. we're not going to recruit for the early phase until people just fall off by themselves, and we have just normal guild decay, uh, and we're gonna transition into just one raid team down the line so our, our plan is to run the two raid teams and then slowly cut down to that one raid team and the only scary thing in between is going to be uh, we, we might have to fill in with alts in the transition period when we, when we get to that awkward period between one and two raid team size mm -hmm. but uh yeah that, that's that's what our guild well, my NA guild is planning anyway it's a, it's i thought mm -hmm. that was interesting I think if you're trying to be like competitive, which you know competitive TBC is like yet to be really a thing, yeah. um, you do have to run two raids, twenty five people times two, um, just for split runs for gearing people and then bringing them together once again, just like a gear issue. Yeah. 
um, as well as a, a personnel issue where you can bench people if they aren't performing, bring a different person up, motivate them, uh, and, and have competition. Because right now, um, the way that TBC stands is one of the things that I'm going to miss is like when you're playing rogue in a raid, you have like two other rogues you're competing against, even just within the rogues. You're like, oh, I'm the best rogue, or like you're. You have like four other people, depending on like your raid size. Yeah. But you're gonna be like the only rogue. You have no other people to compare to, like compete against within your class in your own raid because the raids are smaller. Um, if you're like a major or warlock, you have like one or two people, or like it depends on the size, right? Uh, if you have a tank, you don't really have like a another warrior tank buddy that you're like swapping ideas with. So having another raid where there's other, another person in there and you can compare logs across raids and you can kind of talk to each other about that. I think that's kind of the thing that is going to be replacing having inside of the raid competition. It's yeah. going to be cross raid competition, which I think will motivate the the competitive people. So well, I'll I, miss, I'll miss like talking to my buddies about like, you know, flexing on the DPS or whatever <laughs> and popping strats or like min maxing. Uh, but I, I think ultimately you're going to have a more condensed group of better players and you don't have to bring quote unquote dead weight and stuff like that. And everybody has to earn their slot because there's less of them. So I think it would lend itself to being a little more competitive in a sense. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about a class competition thing because really when, when you... Within the guild, I feel like um, in my my previous guilds on the NA side of things, the rogues in my guild have always been fairly good as far as just mechanical performance and such. But that's a lot of that is just because you have one sweaty guy that starts motivating all the other sweaty guys to try to keep mm-hmm. up with that one sweaty guy in the lead. And it just leads to everyone just being more and more sweaty to, to perform yeah, at that level. I actually think just talking rogue for a second here, um, rogue is one of the most interesting classes in terms of uh, intercompetition within the class, where you aren't warriors, right? You're you're not like the, the top DPS, so you compete. The top rogue will compete against the warriors and like try to flex on them or try to out damage them. But rogues literally only bring distracts and uh, I guess suns every now and then but DPS to a raid. And if you aren't doing DPS, then it's like, why bring you? So when one person gets sweaty and starts doing min-max stuff, starts like trying to get as much as possible, bringing like 30 dense dynamites, holy waters, etc., it's going to motivate everybody else. And when you get to TBC, there's only room for like one rogue, potentially two in a raid. And you're going to find that being the rogue in the raid, it you're going to have to stay on top of yourself. Like you said, you, there's not going to be somebody else to really motivate you. You have to be on top of yourself um and i think rogues are actually going to be one of the classes where you're going to find some of the most self-motivated people at the top who are trying their best to bring what they can to the raid from dps to distracts and all of that i think rogues in general have been that way uh for a bit but i I think rogues are one of the classes where i don't don't know this is my experience but all rogues in all the raids i've been in we all love each other and watch out for each other, but we all secretly kind of hate each other at the same time. <laughs> where, where we're all like, we're all like happy for each other, or like somebody pumps and stuff like that. But when you're fighting the boss, everybody's like really competing against each other all the time. Have you seen that that one clip of Peo when he's uh, on Saffron and he watches the rogue next to him take the the light the the dot on him, and then he's like, oh, don't 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 debuff him, die don't, don't, die don't, die, and then he dies right? and he just starts celebrating. He's like, yes, top DPS. Yeah. We all hate each other, dude. We all uh, hate each other, but we love each other because we all we're all in this together. Where we're like, we all play this shit class. Let's go. We did it. We're in this raid, and then it's like, I'm the best at this shit class. You better watch your fucking back, man. Like. <laughs> 
us, us rogues are shady, dude. We're, we're pretty it's shady. It's going to be interesting in TBC for sure. Yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that, yeah, I don't, you, if, if you're just one rogue in the raid, you, who do you compete against? <laughs> just compete against yourself. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. interesting min-maxing there as well because uh, you, you won't have that reference point. Sometimes you just have another rogue in a raid who just destroys you on the fight and then you have to look at, oh, what did he do? Like, why did he just do that? And then you and learn then from like, that. Oh, he's got Gressel and I don't. No, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> then, then the list of excuses come out. I, I, I didn't get the, my buff got pushed off. He has Gressel like the, oh, the four piece procced more. Oh, he had the druid rejuving him. Like literally everything comes into play at that point. Like it, because Rogue is not a a difficult class to to spend your abilities correctly. Your rotation is pretty standard. There are some unique things you can do based on like your energy gain that you get from your four set now. Um. But it's basically stack all of your cooldowns, get your slice and dice up, and make sure that you you use everything at the same time. Your blade flurry is optimized, and nothing bad happens. And that's that's how you play rogue, right? Yeah. It's like as long as nothing bad happens, uh, you're good. I think the only thing that uh, I think is really diverse is uh, if you're daggers and you go for a vanish ambush and you can get it immediately and it crits, then that's like oh man, you. you you're lucky, but you know, was that the right play? I don't know. It depends on how quickly you got it off. But yeah, it, Rogue is pretty simple in all things considered because there aren't a lot of decisions you have to make, um, except when the boss is like getting low or like how you're upping your slice and dice. It's pretty scripted once you know how to do it, yeah. right? I mean, I don't know if you share the same sentiment, but I'm kind of like, at the end of a fight, if my slice and dice wears off at that exact second, then I I played the. Yeah, right. that, that's like all. That's the only really thing that you optimize, because uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the everything else is really basic, right? You get slice and dice up, and then you pop your cooldowns, and then you just remember if you're really min maxing, you remember to throw your second dynamite in then in a fight at some point, and then uh, and then the only time you actually really have to think beyond that is towards the end of the fight, uh, when when stunning to end up, and then you gotta think, okay, we gotta time that last slice and dice. I gotta get that last slice and dice ideal. Like, do I do four yeah, points like here? Do I do five? Three points or two points? Hmm. Like that type of thing. And then, then I end up with like, you know, a dodge to eviscerate and I want to I wanna end my whole career as a, a uh, rogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone in chat said optimal tea timing. That, that's, that, I guess that's, that's one of the few things you can do. But even then, sometimes you, you don't even get a choice with your tea. On some fights, you just, you just have to go for the tea. Sometimes you're just forced yeah. to do it at a certain timing. Yeah. Yeah, like I've gotten to the point now where it's like, if I'm going to tea, I'm doing it during my cooldowns with uh, Earth Strike. I'm weaving it into my... Um, my blade flurry or strike adrenaline rush combo so i can get more combo points to spread my blade flurry onto another thing like a noob or four horsemen all, all, like, all yeah. the sadness is where you get the dodge you you, you <laughs> dodge just before you, you tee and, and then dodge you <laughs> yeah. uh, always fun so i hate that so much yeah th thankfully uh 41st 41st talent point in uh tbc's your finishing moves can no longer be dodged thank god oh oh uh, oh Question: uh, You you play Sword Rogue, right, on your Rogue? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the pre patch for Rogues? We, we can end on this topic because uh, it looks like Dagger Rogues, man. I I kind of want to grind pre patch rank fourteen weapons and just play Swords because it looks like Swords just has the advantage as as far as like pre patch talents. Because with daggers, you're kind of stuck putting the some points in into uh, other stuff like opportunity, if I remember correctly, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Swords, you don't have to. You've got the extra points to spend and, and get all the way down to that combat tree. Yeah, but the problem is, is you lose out on uh, lethality, right? Because you can yeah. only go 10, 40, 1, 0. Um, 
So you're you're going to put at least 15 to 16 points inside of uh, the assassination tree, and then you can put those points in. I don't know if that gets you to... I don't think that gets you to blade twisting. Um, uh, let me check really quickly. Because I, I, all I remember from pre-patch is playing Shadow Step and loving that. Or Combat Potency, I think is what it was. Yeah, yeah. Combat Potency. Yeah, yeah. So you can't really get down to Combat Potency without sacrificing Lethality. Um, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So you can't really get there without sacrificing um, Lethality, which is not a DPS gain, um, unfortunately. So you you kind of gain like a two percent agility um, and not much more. Uh, so it's not really that good in the pre patch for rogues. I think like the biggest change is just having backstab be moved to the uh, uh, the combat tree or the uh, the assassination tree. Now the thing that I'm curious about is I don't remember if mutilate ends up being really good in the pre-patch because you can go 41 points into assassination and still get opportunity um and then also get uh the the precision talent right yeah and get like five extra hit you won't have like the offhand damage extra but i think mutilate was actually ended up being pretty good in the pre-patch i'm trying to remember but i remember still fate mutilate being good that's that's all i remember but. Yeah, I'm not sure actually. Um, yeah, I haven't even looked at mutilate, but I I I feel like it's not going to be good. But I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to find out. Pre patch is going to be a mess though, uh, with everyone having crazy talent builds and things. Yeah, because like I mean, there's seal fate, and then you have like find weaknesses. Your finishing moves increase the damage of all offensive abilities by ten percent for ten seconds. So having like something that already hits for like what three k hit for three point three k. Right, and it's just extra damage. That's ten seconds worth, which is hundred energy, which means you're probably getting two mutilates or two backstabs within that time if you got a relentless proc yeah. for twenty five energy back. So yeah, it's basically your next two backstabs or mutilates hit ten percent harder, and then you just use another finishing move if those crit, and you get slice and dice back up or eviscerate. So I, I just remember mutilate being really good at the start, um, but we'll we'll see, right? Because yeah. yeah, we'll see. You, can go, you go forty one points there you get like improved sinister strike because you always get that you get the three points into imp slice and dice and then you can put points into precision and then you get opportunity uh that's like the, at least the mutilate build that i remember at the start because mutilate's also two combo points for 60 energy yeah and then it, if it yeah. it's three so mutilate is like ridiculously good at the start oh that's interesting yeah i didn't think i'll have to look at it i, I guess we'll see when pre-patch comes because uh who even knows who what the dps is going to be our mages just going to be insane mages warlocks hunters uh it's going to be interesting time i, I tell people like uh, who ask me about pre-patch that i have no idea what's going to happen because <laughs> the talents uh talent builds for all the classes are going to be all over the place i think there's going to be a lot of experimentation time for people mm. to try stuff during pre-patch but uh, yeah, I think I think we can wrap it up here. We've got a lot of topics in there. Good little talk today, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in for episode two of Prepared. Uh, not not that much weekly TBC breakdown this week, but the, yeah. we didn't really get much news, right? Was, uh... Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of a lot of shooting the shit on like classic and drama that happened there, and reporting on that. But you know, as more TBC stuff comes out, we're we're gonna discuss like meta builds that happen when TBC hits. It's gonna be 
like it, it's going to be a lot more content yeah. revolving around that. Uh, and I mean, if you talk, if you think about like how things developed when uh, Classic came out, the builds, the the pre-bis that people were talking about, debates back and forth on that. There's going to be yeah. a lot in the future, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a fun time. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in.